0: welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerve that blah, 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 worlds of nerve <laughs> see this is the problem we have so many god death i was gonna say man you know it's our last show of uh 2018 or 2019 i should say and i want to go out with a bang there you know i want to do everything perfect but i just can't have nice things man <laughs> uh you went out with a pfft. yeah with a big wet is what i did <laughs> <laughs> Uh so how have you been Matt since last we spoke?
1: Yeah, pretty good. Uh we've been catching up all on my comic stuff just because this next week as I've said is Comic Apocalypse. Yes, every every comic is that's ever been released is coming out next week or <laughs> well, yeah, this week they're d- today.
0: They're d- They're dumping all of it the week before because Wednesday is Christmas this year and Wednesday is also New Year's this year. So goddamn, you and I are really going to have to buckle the fuck down to try and have content for everyone. Yep. This is is the first world YouTuber problem, everyone. We're not allowed to take any time off.
1: (laughs) But at least there's always content, new content.
0: Absolutely. As the chat is saying, you got new Star Wars, you got new Doomsday Clock, you got uh, everything
1: yeah tom king's batman is finally ending
0: tom king's batman a little gift to us right the gift of sweet release (laughs) (laughs) you're free the last page is just going to be tom king being like you're free now joel and matt you can go now (laughs) man i was thinking about this the other day imagine if the last issue of king's batman is just a total cliffhanger and it's like go go read a batman catwoman that 12 issue
1: oh i would not would not fucking put that past him like make sure you read this but as well as like gotta remember like Tynan is doing half the book as well so technically yes. King only has half a book to end his 80 plus issue run that is already like completely off the rails like yes. incomprehensible
0: is, is i don't know if it's double length or not but yes you know more reason to check it out because there's going to be a tiny uh story in there to kind of start off his run which is cool yeah maybe in the new year too i'll stop this goddamn camera from fucking up again <laughs> i stream on my own it's i recorded two interviews and it was fine it's only when we go live <laughs> what is the problem hmm right. But yes, thank you everyone for joining us for the last show of 2019. Last live show, I should say. We got something planned for Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. We got news to cover. It's a good thing you're here early because we might clock off a little before we normally do because we got another great interview lined up. I talked to Matthew Rosenberg over the weekend. I talked to him about uh, Hawkeye Freefall, which will be coming out like January 1st. So be sure to check that one out when it comes to it, If you're a patron, you already got to listen to it. But uh, if not be sure to check that out wednesday at eight i promise it's a good one
1: yeah yeah that that sounds like great great interview i'm i'm really looking forward to that hawkeye book because i mean I, I, I loved his his punisher book so i'm intrigued to see what yeah. he'll do with hawkeye
0: yeah he, he gave me some great insight into it he said you know his original pitch uh for it was not hawkeye free fall it was hawkeye this isn't funny anymore was his pitch <laughs> and says it basically is hawkeye getting involved in a deadly prank war with the hood that goes too far
1: oh nice that sounds awesome
0: i like it too and he's like oh yeah and also there's a new ronin running around in it too who's killing criminals
1: and i'm like "Ooh, interesting yeah Ooh, that sounds interesting yeah
0: yeah yeah and the avengers being like uh hawkeye you're going to some dark places recently uh are you killing criminals as ronin again no are you sure
1: <laughs> yeah i promise
0: i i love that ronin and guardian are like these two just up for grab superhero identities that like anyone can just grab whenever they want
1: yeah yeah they're like oh do you not have an identity Oh, just just use these identities no one's using them at the moment
0: yeah just slip on the ronin suit it's fine it's
1: fine
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, jt was he saying the new ronin is kate that would be a crazy fucking twist i don't think they're going there but wouldn't that be some shit that'd be pretty cool She's like, I'm mad my solo series got canceled. <laughs> and also my, uh, what is it, East Coast Avengers team that I was on was also got canceled, so <laughs> I've decided to become Ronin now. Mm-hmm. Uh, But uh, yes, everyone, we do actually have some news. we got some stuff to cover here, so let's get right on to it then. I have it written somewhere. I've lost my notes. I'm falling I, apart. I, I
1: know the first story is Robin-related.
0: Yes, that's right. DC is celebrating 80 uh, the 80th anniversary of Robin. I was going to say 80 years, but again, is, is it 80 years or 80 generations, Matt? I
1: can never keep it straight. It's one of the other.
0: Yeah, one or the other. Yeah, they're celebrating uh, Robin's anniversary, giving him a big anthology special, which is really cool. We saw them do it with Superman. We saw it do with Batman. Wonder Woman's going to get one soon. I suppose if any sidekick deserved one, it's the archetypal sidekick.
1: Yes. Now, now, will, will all of these stories be revised to have this Robin actually just be Rick Grayson?
0: uh well it's funny you should say that uh of all the different names they've listed and they had a pretty good solid listing of creators coming back for this uh, t- uh tom king and tim seeley are actually reteaming to tell a new grayson story in this apparently oh jeez. <laughs> which is surprising and also like oh i might actually enjoy that because their grayson run was really good
1: yeah yeah it was it was one of the highlights of uh like that new 52 dcu era
0: yeah and it makes it sound like oh are we gonna be like telling stories for every era of robin's life are we gonna start when he's a flying grayson then when he's a boy wonder nightwing agent grayson and i guess do we have to tell a fucking rick story i guess we have to tell a fucking rick story
1: too (laughs) please if they do it just get like mark russell to write that page and just make it completely meta about how none of this matters (laughs)
0: Can you believe that that's still going on? Like the March solicits came out for 2020 and it's still going on in 2020. Yes,
1: yes I can. I can absolutely believe that about the current state of DC.
0: It's fucking madness because I remember hearing like, oh, Tynan's going to fix that too when he takes over Batman because obviously he's a big Nightwing Dick Grayson fan. He's going to work on that. And I'm like, well, apparently he ain't working quick enough yet. <laughs> Yeah, apparently there's going to be a whole Rick versus Joker storyline in March, oh, and I'm like, I don't want to read that.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Let Rick die, please. Can we be done with—nobody wants this.
1: <laughs> you know who does I- want this, though? Dan DiDio. <laughs> Dan DiDio. I actually, I saw people wrongly
0: attributing it on Twitter when this story broke, where they're like, oh, you know, why does Tom King get to come and write in the Robin special when he's the one who made him Rick and ruined his character? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, Scott Labdell ruined his character. Dan Abnett tried to fix it. Dan DeDio wanted it, and we're all just living with it.
1: <laughs> and and as well, like people need to remember that Tom King wrote Grayson. Yes, he actually wrote, Grayson.
0: and not only that, but when uh like Tom King did write Robin and did write Dick Grayson in his book, uh he actually genuinely seemed to like him, and Robin was one of the few characters who did make sense and didn't sound like he was completely out of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, again, I'm sure that was just working with Tim Seeley and having that rub off on him and being like, oh, I liked it, Grace, and he's a fun character. I'm going to write him right.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is the damnedest. Also, Dixon is coming back for this, too, which is funny because he sat out the Superman one and he sat out the Batman one and a bunch of other ones, but he's coming back for this one, which, as much as I don't like the person Dixon has become in real life, it is hard to deny he did a lot of good work for the Robin character that we're still (laughs) referencing today and that's the fucked up thing about art is that sometimes you do have to divorce the uh, artist from the art and I mean it's not like I think he's gonna come in here and have Robin being like oh you know this uh, red suit's pretty good but I'm gonna put on this red hat instead (laughs) somehow I feel that's not gonna happen somehow I feel they're gonna try and I'm rein him in I'm a little bit i'm
1: going to to honor the memory of roy harper my best friend even though I, he isn't <laughs> and i'm gonna wear yep. his trucker cap
0: <laughs> everywhere i go oh. Oh,
1: also hey everyone i'm robin
0: and i'm okay what it's just the circle game <laughs> no robin no (laughs) but yeah this uh this actually sounds fun i definitely want to check this one out uh you know some of these anthologies have been better than others i feel they definitely rolled out the red carpet for batman and superman they kind of phoned his special in a little bit
1: yeah yeah you could tell who was who's like the most popular character at at dc
0: and, like, here it actually seems like they are honoring more aspects of Robin's character by having a bigger swath of writers who are actually very much involved with the mm-hmm. character. So, yeah, I sign me up for this one. This one. This one sounds like it might be OK. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, what else do we got going on this week? Uh, oh, here's one I wasn't expecting us to talk about ever again, but everyone tweeted this to me when the story broke. Power Rangers movie set for another reboot uh, from Netflix creator. In, spe- uh, in yeah, Goddamn, I'm having a hard time finding words this week. Uh, the guy who did that show, uh, The End of the Fucking World. Yeah, yeah. Which I've never watched, but I guess I'll have to watch now for research.
1: Yes. uh, like so is this going to be a netflix film or is it just uh, it like produced by a guy who's a netflix producer
0: i think it's just produced by that guy although honestly if they wanted to take it right to netflix i think that'd be really fucking cool actually it would probably make
1: its money back somehow <laughs>
0: It probably would. The interesting premise for this is that this is going to be like a time travel narrative. This is going to be like days of future past that see the Power Rangers going back to the 90s, the era that birthed them. And I'm like, all right, well, someone's been reading my dream journal then because I've literally been saying forever to make Power Rangers work on the big screen. You need to make it a totally uh, self-aware 90s nostalgia piece.
1: Yeah, that actually sounds pretty damn cool and it's, yeah, it, it's it, an actual idea it would be interesting to see if like they go back and they, they i mean they could potentially end game it where they meet up with the 90s power rangers uh, and but that'd be fun but see, seeing as like this isn't probably going to be a big budget film they probably wouldn't do that or if they did it they all just be in their costume and you just get like the actors to voice them because there's no way they're doing like de-aging stuff on no. um fucking like jason, um, david, jason david frank and all of that <laughs>
0: Although he does look good for his age, but still, (laughs) yeah, I I get what you're saying. There's a lot of really fun places you could take this in. But again, I ask myself what I always ask, and that is I would love a Power Rangers movie that speaks to me. But Power Rangers has not been for me in decades because it is a show for children. But it's also in the unique position, too, that Power Rangers – never stopped airing and never stopped being a thing it's like in season 26 right now and every generation has like their own era of power rangers that was yeah. special and resonative for them mm-hmm. which i think makes making a movie that much harder what's like well you'll never be able to make one that speaks to everybody
1: yeah you'll you'll have to make a movie that speaks to like like us like the ones who grew up in the 90s or Like one for people who grew up in the mid 2000s. So like Galaxy and all that sort of stuff.
0: uh maybe this is their way around it too again maybe they make a new version of the rangers just for the movies like okay we're the new modern day rangers you know we uh what is it inherited the legacy and now we're going back to meet the originals that's how i would do it so you can have your cake and eat it too That,
1: that that that's 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 you'd have to do it that way you can make original rangers and just have them go back and meet the 90s or whatever rangers
0: this will be interesting too because this isn't Saban with any uh, like hand in this one anymore. This is the first like new
1: movie thing for the Hasbro generation because Hasbro owns the rights to it. And I think it might be actually pretty good because they did the same thing with like as the chat was saying the Bumblebee film, and that was surprisingly yeah. good.
0: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So, I mean, Hasbro, Hasbro knows where their bread is buttered, and they would love, I'm sure, to be like, "Look, we got our TV Rangers, we also got our new movie Rangers, and we got an excuse to re-release all these classic Ranger stuff again." Exactly, exactly. See, sometimes thinking like toy, thinking like a toy company isn't necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Where it's like, look, let's try and please as many people as we can. Uh, again, like I said, I like this idea because it's an actual outside the box idea and better than that last movie reboot where it's like, nah, let's just do like the first ones over again.
1: Yeah, I that th- that last movie, like, yeah, I, I, it wasn't that good, but like it was better than what it could have been.
0: You know, it's funny. I remember raging against it so hard. That was actually one of the first movies I ever got to see early Like, I got to see it a week early because someone I know won, like, a radio contest and gave me tickets. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll check this out. I remember Raging Then, you, me, and Tom did a riff of it, which you can find over on the channel. And as I sat back and watched it with you guys, I'm like, this actually isn't that bad. I mean, I can see why they never made a sequel. It wasn't good enough to justify a sequel. But it also wasn't the worst thing ever. Like, there's actual moments where they truly, genuinely tried
1: yeah yeah it, it it and it was well well shot and everything but yeah it was just like yeah. like kind of just there like they didn't try anything new or like exciting with it and it was just like kind of a rehash or some some mm-hmm. older stuff but yeah it, yeah it d- didn't warrant a sequel i'm surprised they didn't make a sequel because there was a time there where they were like oh we're definitely making a sequel it's definitely happening mm-hmm, i guess mm-hmm. it's not happening now <laughs>
0: No, it's not. A lot of those actors went on to do other things, which, you know, good for them. Yeah. I will say, though, the best part of that movie was getting Brian Cranston, who had voiced a bunch of the Power Rangers monsters early in his career, to come back and play Zordon. And also the fact that they used the original theme song in that movie, which I did not see that coming.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good.
0: Uh, Man of Salt saying Joel had the blind hatred uh, for that movie like he did for Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, no, no. The Amazing Spider-Man hatred never went away. I still (laughs) think those movies are incredibly dumb. But thankfully, due to time and tide, I never have to think about those ever again (laughs) because everyone forgot about them. (laughs) For good reason. For good reason. They're still on Netflix, though. And every time I pass them and I laugh and I laugh (laughs) and I'm like, oh, they thought this was going to be a thing. And then it wasn't.
1: Okay. We were robbed of Paul Giamatti Rhino, though.
0: Ah, oh, oh, I know. Just you know, shouting Russian gibberish.
1: Rhino. <laughs> That's exactly I'm, what he said as well.
0: That that was in the script, you know, man. He he's a method <laughs> actor. He really he really went there and really did it. <laughs> Uh, all right, what else we got coming down here? Oh, here's a surprising story that had everyone talking this week. J.J. Abrams' uh, Spider-Man comic finale with uh, Pacelli pushed back a staggering 11 weeks. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. And they also gave no reason as to why.
1: Yeah, that that's weird because, like, it's only a five-issue mini, and an issue three, I think, is coming out this week. Uh, so they've got, they yes, got two more, but yeah, that, that's like, that's a huge. And I would understand if it was just like some, one of the writers taking like, like 10 books at a time or something You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but this is like JJ Abrams and his son, Henry, like, like what are they doing at the yeah. moment? Like JJ's finished filming star Wars, you know, all that. So I assume mm-hmm. his son is probably just doing this. What's going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: I would think so too when you like take this uh when you do this undertaking with marvel when you're an outside source and you're not like a regular comic book writer my assumption is is that it's like already done or something but i guess not
1: <sighs> i maybe J- jj is is busy uh like dealing with fortnite star wars stuff
0: yeah really it's too busy you know you gotta you gotta get them in there oh yeah the game awards happened uh, this week everyone matt and i watched
1: Yes, yes, we watched every cringy moment of it.
0: Every trailer, every trailer that they had and no gameplay. <laughs> yeah. God, god forbid we should have some gameplay in this. Man, the, to do a little uh, diversion here for a second, but the game awards are always such a weird thing to me because on one hand I'm like, "Oh, I like that, you know, games have a night all to themselves," but on the other hand, man, the game awards is really really self-conscious that it keeps having to lean on big hollywood celebrities and big musical acts because it's afraid it can't carry a show just by talking about games
1: yeah those music acts like like the green day and all that i'm like yes yes i yes music when i think of video games and playing video games something i immediately think of green day
0: i mean hey uh guitar hero and everything else but we're a long time removed from that at least (laughs) when they do like those really respectable uh like uh what is it? Big band chorus things where they do like medleys of all the themes from all the games of the year. That's nice. That should all. That's all it should be.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that that's they should have just made the whole thing about like uh, musical accompaniment from the games, not like Green Day.
0: Yeah it seems it seems it seems very strange it feels like the game awards is like please take us seriously it, look how look how the uh look how all these other people like us look how vin diesel likes us
1: yeah look look he comes and talks about a new trailer that he never even shows
0: yeah and did, talks did, about did,
1: did he how, did you hear how like michelle rodriguez pronounces tekken
0: yes te- yes
1: te- te- i did tech ten- oh oh my god i am relatable i i play vid- the video game
0: did did they sound a little drunk or a little high when they were out there they sounded like they really didn't expect to be put on stage
1: oh yeah that was probably something that was organized like earlier that day they're like hey (laughs) you know know, these guys are in at the denny's across the street
0: (laughs) we we like video games too man yeah games
1: (laughs) the only the only reason they didn't succeed is they didn't have the shit hydrobot there that year
0: no that's a shame
1: it that being said, if it did have that.
0: Now, that being said, we can all agree that uh, Nakamura is the best. She is the internet's wife now, and we must protect her at all costs.
1: We must protect Akumi Nakamura, yes.
0: Yes, at all costs. Oh. She is n- not only just adorable in everything she does, but also, like, a really talented game developer in and of herself, and, like, can make fun of herself and take herself not seriously in two languages, which is a fucking gift. Mm-hmm. So, yes, must must protect, protect at all costs. Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying I would take a bullet, but I would probably take a bullet. <laughs> and th- That's a new fanfic I'm writing right now. No. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Spider-Man, uh, push back 11 weeks. That's so weird. That either sounds like, boy, they scheduled this wrong or something happens in the last couple issues that they want to, like, you know, distance themselves from
1: yeah it, it's it's very strange and yeah I, again like i i assume or i never assume when it comes to stuff like this but mm. i assume people know that this isn't in continuity uh yeah. at all at all at all yeah so like yeah may, maybe they're worried that people will think it is or, or they do something so dramatic with the characters uh that they're worried about the backlash or something or mm. they just or they just haven't fucking written the ending
0: yeah which again is just like why why did you let them write a whole series if you didn't already have the ending mapped out <laughs> are you that desperate to get into bed with someone in hollywood and the answer is yeah probably yeah <laughs> the chat saying to his son henry is grounded until he can hammer out the end of his story <laughs> hey no no that xbox mystery box
1: in henry <laughs> Yeah, you
0: put the mystery box. That's the problem. He lost his mystery box, and now he has to find it again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh my god, this is lost all over again.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. And then Peter fights a big black smoke monster, and then we find out they were in purgatory all along. (laughs) You know, with both Damon Lindelof and J.J. Abrams in the news a bunch recently, I've really gone back and started thinking more and more about Lost, and like how so little of it actually holds up now, given the ending.
1: Yeah yeah
0: the best episode and i think i must have said this somewhere else too the best episode is the penny's boat episode which is the episode that has almost nothing to do with everything else in the show you've been watching because it's just like a clever science fiction mini movie that plays out over like an hour
1: yeah it yeah it, it, it certainly doesn't hold up nowadays either with like so many shows kind of doing similar uh premises and doing it a lot better
0: yeah and that's why when it's something like hey we let jj abrams handle the finale for this new star wars trilogy i'm like oh yeah because he's really known for his (laughs) endings isn't he i mean he is but not known the way you want to be known for them same with damon lindelof hey we let him take this uh watchman show i'm like okay You all really seem to be liking it right now, but I really liked Lost in the beginning too, and I was super disappointed when it was all over, so, you know. (laughs) I guess we'll see where that goes. I still haven't watched that show yet. Again, because in the back of my mind, I'm like, you all like it, but mm, I don't know.
1: (laughs) It's like, I didn't like the first, I don't know how many episodes, but then they did like an episode that was entirely set in the past like the minutemen oh. and hooded justice and everything and i'm like oh this is really cool and now we got like hmm. like the black manta the guy who plays black manta is is dr manhattan so
0: oh shit huh oh speaking of african-american actors again another comic show i don't watch but i should probably start watching although maybe not now given how this turned out american gods fired orlando jordan
1: oh really why
0: uh apparently the new showrunner uh for season two uh thought he was like "Mm, you know uh your character you know a little little too angry a little too aggressive Mm, you know we want to go in a different direction so yeah they fired him
1: oh i did not know that i i i I watched that show when it appears on um amazon prime here um Mm. so i usually catch it a little bit after it's aired so i don't really keep up with it but that was interesting because i really liked his character
0: same like here's the thing I haven't watched the show yet but I saw the Mr. Nance or the uh, yeah the Nancy clips online and I'm like holy shit this dude is spitting a hot fire this character is fucking awesome but yeah apparently the new showrunner's like mm, too much black anger scares me. <laughs> So we're just going to get ready. Also, too, apparently Orlando Jordan just wasn't acting on the show, but, like, the other showrunner actually let him, like, do some writing for the show, too. Like, I think he basically, like, do his own lines and let him do, like, his own, uh, what is it, uh, blocking and everything. So, you know, so he could really own the character and really make it part of him.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: But, yeah. <laughs> the behind the scenes stories on american gods is better than the show itself <laughs> <laughs> says someone there yeah i'll tell you what you like i i'm more interested in it now than i ever was to where i'm like oh shit i gotta get in on this because honestly it's the kind of show to where i'm like this sounds fun but this also sounds like it's gonna be cancelled right away let me see if it can make it past three seasons before i hop in because i've been burned I, so many times on shows now
1: i know for a fact it's a show that's better viewed once the whole season is out and you can watch you can like watch all the episodes one after the other because because uh, i watched that first season like as it was coming out and i like i had i had to go back and watch some previous episodes cause i'm like what the fuck happened last episode
0: yeah hell uh i am the biggest booster of ray donovan in the world and i couldn't believe that show came back and i totally missed it mm-hmm. and i'm still behind on it because no no one bothered to promote the show and say it was bad
1: no 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 one did
0: Not even the actors, and I follow all of them on Twitter. What the hell? (laughs) Makes me really think this is going to be the last season then. Yeah, yeah. The fact that no one promoted. But hey, you know what? That was always the thing with Ray Donovan. They always ended every season like it was going to be their last. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh all then what else do we got moving on here? Oh, so Marvel already talking up their next big event for 2020, which I actually think is spinning out of Incoming. I think Incoming is going to be one of those stories that has a bunch of sub-events to it. But the new one they're talking about right now is a mystery, and it's called Empire, but it's not spelt the way you think it is. The pyre is spelt like a funeral pyre.
1: Yeah, it also shares the name of an old uh, Nick Fury agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. story
0: yes yes it does and again shield has been away for a long time now which is leading people to assume is this going to be uh the story wherein shield finally comes back in some variety
1: i think it's either going to be that or because we actually haven't properly had it yet it's going to be something to do with the shit jason aaron set up with uh vampires
0: Mm, right like the undead empire the vampire empire it's i'm trying to think too you know so many comic characters have a yellow and purple color scheme as i look at this yellow and purple font and i'm like is it galactus <laughs> who are they talking about
1: yeah yeah i i i tried to do that i'm thinking oh there's too many this way too many <laughs>
0: And I'm like, Empire, maybe this is a uh, leftover from Secret Empire. No, they're not going back to that anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 they're not going back to that till at least four years is up. (laughs) Maybe more, but we'll see. But, yeah, this uh, this and Incoming, they keep, they're they really doing a good job building the mystery. Where it's like, look, these events are coming. We would love to tell you about these events, but we cannot tell you about these events. <laughs> they even did a whole thing where CB Sagluski and everyone else involved went uh, on Twitter, and they're like, okay, so here's the new event, beep. And so, you know, we're going to be doing this, censor beep. And then someone comes along, censor beep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, all they, right.
1: I, I think, though, that they're having – too many events like there was a time there where it was it was perfect they just had like that one event and it was Mm. fine and it ran but now they're sort of going back to that like time just before secret empire where we had like five Mm -hmm. events going at once and this sounds like it with this incoming uh whatever else is happening with like like i imagine we'll be getting a a sequel to the stuff in venom uh right what else we got like um that new Uh, uh, champions books stuff like that's happening in that
0: oh we're talking about Um. that yes This, this what stuff. this reminded me of instantly is kind of what DC used to do with their events, where it's like, okay, here's our big crisis, and here's, like, six sub-events that are happening in and around it at the same time to try and, like, affect yeah. all the different families of our books, where it's like, okay, crisis is happening here, but here's an event for the Batman family, the Superman family, the magic books, the mm-hmm. da da, 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 da. Yeah. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting here for what incoming is going to be, that, like, incoming is going to affect all the different... Different stratas of marvel at different levels and that empire might just be one of them
1: yeah yeah i, I think it could be but as well that they always seem to have like this like they keep it they keep it contained but then suddenly like near the end of it it suddenly is like oh it's going to start affecting all these other books like, like yeah. party, party pugs talking about the annihilation the 2099 stuff which i'm trying yeah, to yeah. keep up with at the moment and it's, it's, it's doing that as well like where it's sort of like first it was like kind of focused and now it's sort of like diverging and spreading out
0: I mean, I hope, if nothing else, they keep it at the length they've kept it at. Because, again, War of Realms, short at only six. Mm -hmm. Uh, Conan Serpent War, again, only going to be four. These uh, 2099 books, Alpha and Omega, and you can read whatever you want or whatever you don't want. At least it's manageable. At least, yeah. I hope they do that. I hope they don't go back to being like, okay, it's a 12-part event. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, goddammit, so we're going to be reading this the rest of the year, basically. Yeah. Uh, On on that same note, too, you mentioned the champions. Well, they, too, are getting an event that we know for a fact is spinning out of Incoming. In fact, uh, when I talked to Jim Zub a couple weeks ago, I'm like, well, where are we going to see the champions next? He's like, well, they're coming back in December. And he told me off mic, oh, yeah, they're going to be involved in Incoming. And, well, this is what he was talking about, and that is Champions Outlaws from Eve Ewing who know is not actually related to al ewing i know that could be confusing that they both work for marvel and they have the same last name i
1: I read that in in the 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 news you sent me i'm thinking oh he's misspelled that that's gonna be al ewing and i'm like oh wait no it's actually no 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 no. i'm like oh and they're not related
0: (laughs) yeah uh poet i think she's a professor too i know she's a podcaster as well and she wrote uh ironheart for a little bit there which everyone said like oh wow this is actually much, much better than what Bendis is doing. I actually kind of care about this character when she's writing it. So she knows her way around young heroes. And I, I will admit when this news broke, I was a little disappointed in how Marvel chose to sell this event. Cause the way they chose to sell it was basically like, hey, you love the civil wars we do? Well, I'd like, I like one, one of your <laughs> civil wars. I I liked one, and even then, looking back on it, I mean, it's like, you know, I wouldn't even say it's one of your best events, it's better in retrospect because of the movie. Okay, so you love our Civil War events, right? And you love these teen characters, well, how would you like a junior Civil War? I'm like, I wouldn't like that at all actually because the entire reason i like these characters is predicated on the fact that they don't fight each other and that they left and started their own team because they were so mad at their older counterparts for always fighting each other
1: well fuck you you're getting it anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so miss miss Mar- marvel is going to be the villain she's going to oh, try and like no. pre try and precog crime <laughs> oh no which <laughs> again it, totally kid not ulysses <laughs>
0: yeah which totally flies in the face of her character who actively railed against Captain Marvel and their relationship was never the same again so you know we've learned nothing but again that that was just the line they used to sell it there was another interview with Eve Ewing where she talked about it and she actually made it uh you know had it make a lot more sense And basically gave the pitch that I'm sure she got hired on and that is like, look, you know, we see news stories every day about young people trying to change the world, trying to enact change. Basically, they always have since they were like protesting Vietnam back in the day and their older counterparts are always saying stuff like, oh, you know, children are the future. But also, hey, don't you dare try and actually change anything, you need to be (laughs) in school, stop worrying about climate change and the war in Vietnam and getting shot, these are adult problems and we'll handle it, but you're not handling an adult, yeah well fuck you kids. (laughs) And that basically seems to be the angle they're taking on this, where, you know, some adult legislator is like, oh, you know, it's too dangerous to be a teen superhero now. We're officially outlawing all teen superheroes. And if we catch you being a teen superhero, you're breaking the law.
1: Yeah, so uh, th- th- this could go either way. <laughs> this it could really be could. a complete shit show or a really interesting look at these heroes and uh, putting them mm-hmm. in the forefront of a uh, of an event which could actually like yeah. define them. More or less. And
0: and because they don't have a book of their own right now. At least it'd be good to see them in something, even if it is something like this. And uh, apparently and the other uh, comparison they had to Civil Wars. apparently all of this gets started uh, because a young hero is killed on the job, which, again, makes people think like, oh, God, who are they going to actually kill to kick this up? My money was actually going to be on Sam Alexander because Richard Ryder has come back in such a prominent way. But, nope, there he is on the cover. He makes it.
1: yeah no i think it'll probably be like a uh like a new warrior situation where it's like a nobody character they, they get right. speedball back and he he dies again <laughs>
0: <laughs> or we invent a character just to kill said character
1: yeah yeah some like like hotshot new young hero who gets in over his head or something
0: absolutely uh the chat actually brings up robin war yes everyone this plot is very similar to the very shitty dc event robin war i hate to admit you're right but you're right that was literally <laughs> what that one was we need to outlaw all the teen robins and then all the teen robins ended up fighting and, da, 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 and that was the story
1: yeah and but alfred yeah this was somehow involved and <laughs> oh god yeah. remember
0: alfred he was <laughs> like he really,
1: like set it all up or something yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was funding and arming the kids and, like, no one ever said that was wrong and, like, the inner city kids were using their Robin training to fight a bunch of homeless people I'm like, this doesn't feel good. This feels bad all over. (laughs) Yeah, goddammit. But, uh, yeah, take your bets, everyone, as to who you think which which young hero is going to get the axe in this one.
1: Yeah. Uh, As the chat is saying, it's amadeus cho we haven't seen him for quite a while so it could be him and we've got like basically hulk back or like everyone loves bruce banner hulk now again so
0: it's true well uh what is it amadeus cho actually showed up in uh what is it in hulk and he's like uh bruce you're going all metal gear right now i don't know how to deal with this (laughs) and he's like you don't have to deal with it It's not Earth anymore, it's Planet Hulk. Get in line or get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) He did that he did that in this new issue too, in this week's issue. He actually told someone this isn't Earth anymore, this is Planet Hulk
1: now. Oh, that's so awesome.
0: (laughs) And then he caught a fucking bullet with his hand and it was great. Oh, nice. God, that book is so good. I can see why it's on everyone's like best of the year list, because it really deserves it.
1: I wish I was reading it so I could put it on my best of the year list. (laughs) i I, I, actually as you said on twitter like yours is mostly like chip Zdarsky stuff and i like looked at mine and i'm like hey yeah mine is as well (laughs) he
0: everything the man touched this year turned to gold Yeah. from invaders which no one was reading but they should because it was great to his indie series white trees to daredevil to spider-man life story literally they were all just fucking bangers is what they were yeah all all bangers i i actually scratched out a little top 10 list i don't know if i'll ever make it into a video but i don't know if you're like a patron or something i'll like put it up there and you can like read my notes and why i chose it yeah it was a it was actually really hard to pick some dc books this year yeah
1: i i was coming i was like okay well i'm definitely doing stuff by mark russell so i've got my wonder twins and i've got sam humphrey stuff with dial h for hero that, I See, I wish I, I could I, put I, that I just, on
0: there because I like comedy. I,
1: I, I don't remember if I told you. To, did I tell you about Dial H for Hero issue issue 8 and how they did no. that fucking issue? Holy shit, man. This is probably the most creative issue I've ever read. It, it's like an Ooh. issue that you can read backwards and forwards. And you read it forwards, oh. you get the hero's origin and you read it backwards. Uh-huh. Every even page is the villain's origin. Oh, wow. And you can read it either way
0: to get both sides really
1: clever
0: wow no one does that no one actually tries to like push the boundary of the comic telling medium like that shit you couldn't do with a movie you couldn't do it with tv and
1: not only that the opening of the comic uh posits the fact that you like the reader is in the comic and picking up the 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 h dial and dialing h and learning this story
0: huh that's really fucking cool yeah yeah, I wish I could put some comments. I gotta read Wonder Twins because again, you gave it such a such a loving uh, recommendation, and it definitely sounds like something I would enjoy. I tried to show some love to like some miniseries and new writers there, like uh, Thanos by Teeny Howard, six issue miniseries, really good Gamora origin. It's basically beast of no nation, but in the Marvel universe, it's good stuff. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, again. If, dc it was hard i'm like uh superman smashes the clan yeah i know it's only one issue but it's like an extra sized issue and like it tells basically a complete story on its own and it looks great so fuck it
1: yeah it was very hard to pick dc books (laughs)
0: All, and here's the thing too all like the dc books i thought of like Deceased, i'm like okay dc's is really good i should put that on there and you know well white knight's not done yet and i don't know if i enjoyed as much as the first one yet and i'm like these are all elseworlds dc stories
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they're all out of continuity
0: what does that tell you about the current state of dc comics that their best stories are <laughs> ones that happen outside continuity and hello marvel dc fan thank you for following yes thank you for the follow but, uh, yeah, that's Champions Outlaws. It could be fine. It could really – you you hit the nail on the head, Matt. It could go either way. I will check it out because I like these characters and want to see where they're going with it. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have there? Uh, oh, so here's a story that you can just take completely. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Matt, but uh, this, uh, this little indie film about the war in the stars is quite popular. It's going to be coming out in five days pretty hot right now they got uh they got game tie-ins and tv show tie-ins but also they announced a new comic this week star wars bounty hunters
1: yes all, all the Star Wars comics uh oh, they basically come to an end but they're they're restarting this week uh Naturally. In, in phase two quote unquote um and this is, this is kind of one that's spinning out of the stuff that was happening recently with target Vader and in the main star Wars book, which is the okay. uh, Lance, the, uh, the, the cyborg bounty hunter, who, who's a holdover from the legends. They brought him back like in the last, I was going to say, is he new or in the last six months, they've been like pushing him hard. And, and this is why, uh, he, he's going to be leading, uh, a, uh, book written by, I think Ethan Sachs um called bounty hunters and it's going to see him doing going on bounty hunters missions and running into people like boba fett and bosk and nice all these wonderful characters
0: geez matt it's like bounty hunters have never been hotter right now in the star wars universe or something
1: (laughs) yeah so it'd be really cool if they gave him like a tv show on something called disney Mm. plus
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, really, just just let Bill Burr, Cyborg, and Ron <laughs> Perlman, uh devil, show up at some point, please. <laughs> man, can you believe that all in one episode?
1: Yes, I can. I can believe Bill Burr and Clancy Brown and Richard Ayoade all get together to hunt bounties.
0: <laughs> That's some cool ass shit. And I'm like, God damn, man, this this show, man, this this show.
1: <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Also,
0: as you said on twitter and then bill burr cyborg picked up baby yoda and this is the thing that i'm writing in 2019 <laughs> also bill burr talking about gungans ah yeah gungan under there ah, ah. that's a that's a why you know take off your helmet ah, ah. <laughs> that's some good shit oh and them even mentioning canto Bite too yeah yeah man Fucking Mandalorians is cool, and this yeah. bounty hunter book looks cool.
1: Yeah, the, the, this book sounds like it will be really cool. Uh, I'm glad Valance is getting more of a push since he he's shown he can hold his own series since he was the main character in that Target Vader book.
0: But Matt, how can uh, he be holding his own if he's from the Legends universe and, D- or was, and uh, Disney destroyed the whole universe? How can he be back then? Because you can do that. That's what you can do. <laughs> they didn't destroy it. They just pick and choose now what they want. Why is that so they... hard for some people to understand? <laughs>
1: They've been doing that from the beginning. <laughs> well, how, how, how do you think we got
0: fucking Thrawn back and Thrawn got a mini push there for a bit?
1: He's still getting pushed. He's getting novels left, right, and center oh for real any good Yeah, he's i haven't read the the most recent one thrawn allegiance but he's getting a sequel to that and he's had like a trilogy of books in this and they're all written by timothy zahn as well the guy who created it. oh shit basically
0: but but they but disney killed timothy var as zahn i'm pretty sure (laughs) kathleen kennedy choked him out i'm pretty sure is what i heard on the internet that's what some guy with a I was gonna say with a grainy webcam, but i I really can't talk at this point. <laughs> a guy who looked like me said that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, he heard
1: it first because he was hiding under the the executive table. But Kathleen oh, Kennedy yeah. got into a fist fight with JJ Abrams. Like, l- l- like that in was that uh, Simpson as well. Someone actually tried t- to like make that a rumor, like her and 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 JJ got into a fist fight in Lucasfilms and
0: i don't know who i'd uh root for in that fight i mean you know kennedy you know they called her crusher kennedy uh back in the amateur mma circuit she's known for having a deadly left
1: hook yeah but with but JJ, jj you never know what he's gonna do it's a mystery no, he's
0: wily he's very unpredictable he mastered the mystery box it's like you could fight him but oh no he's covered himself in vegetable oil and now you can't get a hold of him <laughs> He, he turns into a smoke monster and leaves that's all autobiographical <laughs> you could never you could never learn my secret that i was actually a smoke monster all <laughs> along do these smoke monster jokes track anymore like i feel like there's so few people going back and rewatching lost
1: did they know that that, that was a big thing the fucking smoke monster <laughs> i mean maybe i mean maybe because it's been it's like it was such a like a big thing it's still kind of around i see i've seen people like mention it every now and then
0: like uh like talking about that is that like talking about twin peaks and oh coffee and sherry pie and the lodge and brie sandwiches and it's like what are you talking about i
1: think twin peaks there you, you not many people would know what that means
0: no no which again if you want to follow uh what is it the, the the history and the evolution of like you know the tv mystery series that you had to watch every week to figure it out i would probably say that
1: Twin
0: Peaks was like the granddaddy of them all yeah
1: but even then watching it every week you wouldn't understand what the fuck's going on because <laughs> it's David no, Lynch it, he don't give a fuck would, about narrative
0: <laughs> no no man but here's some cool ass here's some backwards talking in a little person you'll never forget <laughs> you're right i won't <laughs> uh but yeah bounty hunters looks fucking cool man i gotta get back into star wars comics is, is isn't that new kylo ren book coming out this week too to coincide with the movie yeah
1: it is yeah and that new kylo ren book and the next phase of the Star Wars book starts with empire ascendant and them going to hoth and finding the hoth base and everything
0: okay again i feel i wish i had like a hyperbolic time chamber so i could just sit down and read all the star wars that i need to be caught up on now but maybe that's the good thing about it too where it's like look if you're an obsessive nerd you can watch all of this if you're just a regular nerd you can watch the movies and these tv shows we're going to be doing i gotta get back and watch resistance too resistance came back for a new season and i'm all behind on that
1: it's really good it's really good Yeah,
0: from I right here i'm excited about that I, uh, I got to talk to Jason Inman the other day because I guess he was rewatching Rebels. And we're like, Rebels was great, wasn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> that and it was, was just nice. That was it.
1: And that was it.
0: <laughs> that was it. It was just nice to see another person from across the room where it's like, yo, Rebels, right? And I'm like, fuck yeah, Rebels. <laughs> 'Cause I feel Rebels is in that weird place where like everyone was all about it when it was coming out and it was like the only new Star Wars content they were getting for a bit. But now, as is always the case with Star Wars, people are like, oh, it wasn't even that good. I'm like, fuck you, yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really good. <laughs> Freddie Prince Junior,
0: fucking Kanan, fucking Ezra and Hera, and shopping the whole crew.
1: <laughs> fuck all y'all. <laughs> it was the prequel I always
0: wanted.
1: Get out of here uh as well as Tevia says that resistance get, got canceled it did not get canceled it's ending after this season because its story is finished
0: yeah because again it takes place in that rather interesting time frame between the old movies and the new movies and again they're gonna have a new star wars cartoon they always have heck uh clone wars is coming back for that like extra special season yeah in february damn so that's fairly soon actually it is yeah did uh, did you, again while we're on the Star Wars subject? Did you hear the rumors there where they're like, oh, maybe uh Ahsoka might show up in the new movie or might show up uh, in Mandalorians or something, and everyone was really excited for it?
1: I did hear that. Yeah, I also heard that Doctor Aphra might be getting an animated series.
0: Ooh, I'd watch the shit out of that. She's a good yeah. fun character. And again, something that Disney can actually point to and be like, no, 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 we invented this. This is new. This is ours.
1: Yes, and it it's, it's a great creation as well. One of the most fleshed out yeah. characters they've created.
0: That would be super, super cool. It's funny, the uh, the Ahsoka thing led a lot of people to say, remember when everyone hated Ahsoka when the first like Clone Wars yeah. animated movie came out and everyone said she was the worst in the downfall of Star Wars, now everybody loves her? Is she not a perfect encapsulation of how Star Wars and the fan base kind of react to each other? I hate you now, but I'll like you later, though.
1: Yeah, I'll like you later when something new comes out. For me
0: to hate, yeah.
1: Yeah which is maybe kind of the genius
0: part of star wars if we never stop making new things
1: then <laughs> eventually eventually we'll get into that rhythm where they like the things we just made <laughs>
0: yeah it's fucking genius <laughs> <laughs> it's evil genius is what it is it's mickey mouse being like oh, oh we thought of everything <laughs> oh, oh get ready for this <laughs> uh all right what other news do we got coming down here oh shazam 2 finally has a date for 2022
1: yeah only a couple of months after black adam apparently comes out
0: yeah very interesting so don't be surprised if billy Batson and the shazam family get a nice little push a couple years from now to coincide with this
1: yeah this, this will be around the time the next issue of shazam comes out
0: Yeah, which I'm really looking forward to. You know, Issue 9 looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, They finally uh, named the next uh, Guardian of Magic. So, you know, it's good stuff. You know, it's a shame we have to wait two years in between issues, but it's good stuff. And, you know, Jeff Johns knows what he did, so... (laughs) But no, seriously, uh, the Shazam comic and Jeff—that—that that is the DC one I put on my list because I feel like that's almost like uh, what is it rebellious to DC right yeah, now. One of the
1: best books you have coming out is one you don't give a shit about. Yeah, the one that you you always try and like shove under the table and not like release,
0: and not reference in any of their events. I love Shazam is one of the infected Secret Six, and we've gotten like two to three different tie-ins with him that don't reference anything Jeff Johns is doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it makes them even worse because of that.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Such a shame. That book is really well done. But uh, yeah, I'm glad this one finally got a sequel, especially because, you know, it had a soft box office, which is a fucking shame. Oh, it yeah, really everyone is. fucking
1: slept on this film, and it was oh, it was delightful.
0: Also, thank you, Party Pug, for the cheers. Most appreciated. Yeah,
1: cheers.
0: And, and you know, we're going to get to tell everyone why we liked that movie so much, because that's going to be our big Christmas day uh commentary everyone so get ready for that but yeah everyone everyone slept on that first shazam but i think you know stylistically the good uh what is it the good faith it god is kind of bleeding over into the other ones now because between how aquaman was a little bit more brighter and a little bit more accessible and how wonder woman is looking like wonder woman from the comics now
1: yeah it's it's definitely it's it's that film that was kind of like that catalyst that was needed for for dc to realize oh wait no people actually do like these like kind of light-hearted like heroes people could actually look up to
0: yeah hey it might not have made all the money we wanted but it's getting a lot of really good word of mouth and people actually sound happy
1: yeah people are happy to talk about these films isn't that nice yeah and it, it also means that david f sandberg will be coming back for the sequel which i'm more than happy that yeah. dude's really fun and I, I follow him on, oh. on Twitter and it's really because every now and then he does like things where it's like someone asked him because he voices um uh, Mr. Mind in the film. And um people, oh, are, shit. people asked really? him like, oh, how did you do that effect? And he's like, well, I'm just going to do a tutorial to show you how I did it. <laughs> and, and he just like did this like quick tutorial through on his like iPad on how he did it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Wow. We need more directors like that.
0: Definitely. And hey, you know, again, we mentioned the Jeff Johns connection. That first Shazam movie is so heavily based on Jeff Johns' Mm. new 52 run. It's like, what are they going to do for the sequel? Well, they better wait to 2022 so (laughs) Jeff Johns can write more so they can do the sequel. because it would feel weird if they based it on anything else because literally they invented his family and gave them powers and their brand new fucking creations
1: yeah yeah it, it'd be really interesting to see what they they do with the sequel like w- they obviously got black adam like will black adam feed yeah. into this like sort of tie into it as black adam might be the villain of the second shazam though i hope he isn't yeah, yeah, I, hope do, like the, I hope they do like the I hope they do the Mr. Mind stuff and the um the Savannah stuff that was teased at the end of the first one.
0: Definitely. That would be fun. So yeah, it's gonna be a good big year for Shazam. Yeah. Uh, coming very soon. This this also came on the heels too of apparently they're gonna get Flash together too for some time in like <laughs> twenty twenty two twenty twenty at some point. We don't know.
1: I'll believe that once the cameras finish rolling and I see a first trailer for it
0: exactly i i am much more believing in shazam coming out than i am the flash coming out which is fucking insane to shazam. think isn't it <laughs> tell me about it man and again too, the reason they said where it's like well why haven't you started flash it oh because uh you know ezra miller uh is committed to a third of fantastic beast movies i'm like god damn there's gonna be another one of those and not fuck. <laughs> only
1: that, there's like there was they're not even filming that like at the moment or anything and the last one was what almost a year ago so Nothing there's so it's like they he, he's just been like sitting around just saying well, i've got this harry potter film coming out just gotta sit here
0: i think he keeps putting
1: it off where it's like oh what's that knock knock oh that's jk rowling calling me everyone i gotta go now well <laughs> so i wonder what happened with that script that he and uh grant morrison apparently wrote
0: <laughs> yes yes please what is up with that that was the weirdest story we ever talked about where it's like oh ezra miller and grant morrison are writing a script now and i'm like why why is your star writing the same script? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that's no, bad. that's it, it, <laughs> is, it. Is the writer gonna be starring in it now? Like, what the what the fuck is this opposite, opposite day? What's going on? <laughs> is it is it in such a bad way that ezra miller's like okay
1: you guys can't do this so i got a real comic writer to come in and talk to us <laughs> yeah but then but but he went too far and that he's like i got the comic book writer and it's like great yeah. monster oh and then the flash travels into the fucking depresso verse and, and and meets <laughs> like the like the charles manson version of himself that's something that happened in black stars issue two actually
0: Yeah, i don't i don't fucking doubt <laughs> yeah,
1: batman met the charles manson version of himself <laughs>
0: that's pretty dope
1: see maybe that's the reason we
0: have to wait to 2022 because they got grant morrison to come in he's like all right so first things first you need to expand your minds i'm gonna hand out some peyote and we're all gonna do it together (laughs) and it's gonna be a real groon experience and then they just had really bad highs that they never came down from and it's like okay so what did you guys write on the script uh all the words to the happy days theme song
1: (laughs) (laughs) he smoked all the peyote in the world
0: and the head of like uh, warner brothers films is like guys we gave you a year and this is it you've just been doing drugs with grant morrison in his castle yes <laughs> uh, 2022 i guess <laughs> people have to wait i guess <laughs> uh,
1: and they got the guy that uh made it to direct it that is until you know it, producers get involved and he leaves for um, creative purposes creative differences which
0: seems to be happening a lot and again it's just so mind-blowing it's like why why can't you make the flash work you should be the most easy
1: it like it's it's almost like like there's like a tv show that does it and does it really well
0: that does it for multiple episodes and you know does it really well and has tackled basically all the big flash stories we know and hey
1: man that's a good segue actually because what happened last week last week we had crisis on infinite earths
0: yes i finally had a chance to get all caught up because the first part aired last sunday and i couldn't watch it because i was doing the show and prepping and everything but yeah we got three of the big four episodes we gotta wait till january oh oh is it really five okay so we got uh, three of five and the next two are gonna air in january and that is obviously because legends is coming back and legends gets an episode and so on and so forth
1: yeah and it finishes off arrow uh and leads into legends season five
0: yeah so yeah we we watched the first three episodes we can talk about it now
1: uh what did we think uh i thought it was fantastic i liked it a
0: lot too i will say that last episode was a little meandery but that's fine because this is basically as close as you're gonna get to them adapting a major dc comic book event for the screen and all my favorite <laughs> events are meandery in the middle
1: yeah for them to be able to do this uh on tv with the tv budget like not not like tv as in hbo tv but like network yeah. tv uh it's pretty impressive
0: Very, very that they have all these characters and all these effects and all all these costumes and everything going on and that it makes sense and is super cool and is also paying off like character arcs and stuff from other shows. I'll say this you know some of these crises in past because we've had a few others before this really kind of played favorites with okay you're the real star of this you're the one getting the real development we're paying off (laughs) your stuff from your show here this one felt like it was a lot more even-handed on you know uh kind of paying respect to everybody and letting everyone be the star
1: well that's what's really cool about this event so like past events each each of the tie-in episodes has actually just been like an episode of the flash an episode of yep. supergirl whereas this they're not titled that at all they're just titled crisis part 1 mm. part 2 uh, and because of that yeah it's not just that one character's episode it's all of these characters like the supergirl episode Definitely. didn't even feel like a supergirl like episode it was just like all of these characters together
0: I I will admit I did had to do a little bit of catch up because I don't watch Arrow naturally. I think that's (laughs) been well reported. So I'm like, okay, but you were you were filling me in. It's like, okay, he's been traveling the multiverse now. Oh, he has a daughter now. Oh, and his daughter is Mia. Okay, (laughs) whatever. That's I wasn't gonna get my Mia anyway. But that's (laughs) neither here nor there. She seems fine he's grown a lot he's you know doing some things and he's putting all his affairs in order cuz again you can basically see Stephen Amell looking for the door it's like any any time <laughs> now i'm going to be out of here any time now
1: <laughs> quick kill me very early on please that that's one thing i didn't expect this crisis to do cuz oh. like i knew oliver was going to end up being killed cuz that was the whole thing in in elsewhere it was him trading his life for supergirl and flashes and we Mm -hmm. knew he was gonna die and but yeah for him to to like kill him off in the first episode was was pretty interesting pretty ballsy
0: and to have him die by wraith which is very similar to how he died in the actual uh crisis on infinite or storyline yeah it is i thought that was really oh my oh my god did the people who made this actually read a comic
1: (laughs) yeah someone on twitter was like remember when like they were afraid to like call him green arrow and now he's like in a mask fighting with like superman and the F- flash and all of that
0: come a long way come a very very long way which that's that's fine by me that's pretty cool yeah. i must admit uh they pay off a lot of stuff with luther and uh, his sister and everything which again i only really hear about that from you but man uh, I was surprised all the love that family got, and holy shit, John Cryer's great.
1: Oh my god, he is like one of the best Luthers ever. Like he is especially Lutheresque in this, in this, uh, in these crossovers. He's just—he, he, he, I'm glad he plays like that maniacal luther mm. whereas I'm gonna kill all the Superman and the fucking universes and and use the book of I Book of Destiny and all that sort of shit.
0: <laughs> Which nice callback because I had forgotten the whole Book of Destiny thing. I'm like, ooh, that's a good MacGuffin to use here and you're right this is a very particular type of luther we see here who we often see in the big dc events and that is like look yeah 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 you got your monitors you got your world ending blah 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 blah. i'm luther and i'm just gonna be like the wrench in everyone's schemes because i'm only ever working for myself all the time
1: yeah yeah he he, he's he's brilliant in this role and uh, like hams it up a little bit and it's it's just great it's great
0: the i think you know the scene that had everyone talking was of course his big showdown with the smallville superman tom welling returning
1: yeah yeah in a really nice like kind of send-off for that character is like if there. that was the last we saw i'd be like yeah that's that's cool he got a happy ending
0: and he still never put the fucking costume on
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that i am completely Same. fine with
0: that That's okay. I I did love it too because, you know, I I get the feeling that, you know, Smallville has been over for a long enough time now that the people watching this would be like, wait, who's that guy? Was he on a show? Wait, what? (laughs) But yet when you see him as Clark Kent Superman and you see Cryer as Luthor, it's this real magical moment because it's like, oh, they are so embodying their characters. This could happen at any point in any continuity in any universe. And you get the feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's great
0: they sell it so super hard and then having to be like yeah this kryptonite would hurt me but i gave up my powers and also hey even without them still stronger than you (laughs) and i'm like oh that's so good and that makes him so much (laughs) matter
1: yeah yeah that that, that was a really fun thing about like i'm not gonna kill this guy because he's not Superman because he's taking the fun out of it as he says
0: yeah absolutely uh, then of course you have uh, what is it? Brandon Ralph getting the ultimate karmatic do-over as <laughs> Superman, the yes. Kingdom Come Superman.
1: As, as as and it was it's been one hundred percent confirmed. He's the Donnerverse Superman, so he's he's Christopher Reeves Superman.
0: Hot damn! Who's also wearing the Kingdom Come suit and is also a little bit uh, injustice Superman
1: because the Joker killed all his friends. Well, see that's that's the interesting thing it's like in it's like kingdom come but it's like alternate universe kingdom come where like the kingdom comes stuff happened but he didn't give up and on the earth ruin he didn't give up on the yeah. world and it it kind of it kind of strengthened him in a way because as he says to um iris and lois about like his ass, how he's like he he added the black because the the red cuts through the the hope cuts mm. through the darkness
0: we also get to see him and Tyler uh, Hoechlin fight there. So we get a Superman versus Superman oh, fight. That was Which great. is always fun to see.
1: That was great.
0: Great stuff. Totally great stuff. Uh, uh, what else? There's just so much to like and so much. To, literally, the, this whole first three is just nonstop wall-to-wall fan service.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like fan service that is in service of the story as well. It's not just and, there. And
0: feels deserved.
1: Yeah. Not just there because of it. Yeah. And it does feel deserved because these shows have been on for the almost like the better part of 10 years.
0: Yeah. This is them taking one giant big victory lap. I mean I think we can all agree the coolest is getting to see freaking Kevin Conroy play a (laughs) multiversal Batman and they nail that scene so right because you hear his
1: voice before you see him oh that was that was so good that was so that that voice
0: (laughs) also we get a cool guy shredded Luke
1: yeah yeah a Luke who's actually like the Luke in the comics I'm like can this can this like earth 99 Luke just just come back to like earth one can he be the only one saved
0: i i do like that's them calling it out where it's like look he's a little closer to his comic counterpart maybe he'll be closer to this guy one day
1: <laughs> <laughs> one day
0: also i'm sure that actor is super stuck where it's like oh i get to show my abs yeah man i haven't eaten a carb in like eight years <laughs> yeah i really I was gotta told show was my abs
1: luke fox the batwing
0: <laughs> yeah come on i gotta show my abs man abs bro yeah. abs abs, abs. yeah that,
1: that and kevin, uh, kevin conroy's uh bruce wayne i liked that they like they kind of went the other way with where I thought where he was going to be like a good guy. because it's Kevin Conroy. Totally. And I'm like, oh, no, they actually made him like an evil psychopath Batman. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. I like that.
0: That's. They basically had a little horror movie there where they kept peeling back the layers. And it's like, huh, this Batman keeps a lot of really gross trophies from people he's killed. Oh, he killed this world Superman. Oh, no, he's quoting Dark Knight Returns now. Fuck. <laughs> the world only makes sense when you force
1: it to <laughs> yeah no, he's his suit is powered by kryptonite oh no
0: <laughs> yeah shit <laughs> bit off more than we can chew on this one also that was a great team up piece for supergirl and batwoman who they're like yep this is our universe's uh what is it the, the, these are the two these, these are, are the world's ones. finest yeah yeah and that's exactly w-
1: what i liked about that as well is that actually gave like kate some actual character development like more so than what her yeah. show has done so far uh and i'm like, behind
0: on that but yeah and like
1: it actually gave her a chance to talk to bruce and and mm-hmm. find out that like even though this is yeah, we... like an alternate universe bruce kind of like had that like s- sort of don't meet your hero moment where she's like oh yeah you're right I'm, i never even i'm gonna heard. like do my own thing and and then then it's revealed she's like what the paragon of courage
0: yes yeah
1: and it helps bolster that and hopefully that we that carries on in her in her uh show going forward
0: yeah let's let's talk about the paragon thing you know like most great comic events we need a macguffin hunt on top of this as well and we can't do stones so now we're gonna have people who are paragons you know represent the very best of hero kind and shocker most of the paragons are on the ship already ain't that convenient (laughs) yeah most of
1: the paragons are like the the main characters of these tv shows
0: (laughs) well that's lucky
1: (laughs) most characters and and ryan Choi. (laughs)
0: ryan shoy who's a new character who uh, absolutely worships the Adam, naturally because he's going to become the atom
1: yeah although i don't think he does in this show I, he he he's a fan of ray palmer but i don't think yes, he's aware that ray palmer is the atom
0: well they're keeping that in their back pocket though just in case <laughs> did uh did you catch the thing too uh what his daughter's name was
1: i didn't but i know it's related to like what she becomes in the comics
0: well, his daughter's name is Simone. Gail Simone wrote like the biggest, longest Ryan oh, really? Choi run. So, there Oh, yes. I-, I
1: didn't notice that. I know people were saying like, oh, they-, they referenced his his wife and daughter. That's like something that happens in the comics.
0: Yeah, which is cool to me. But uh, yeah, so he- he's really great in there. Uh, we got the amazing Batman scene, all the Superman stuff. Uh, uh, I-, I guess something I wasn't crazy about, but something I ended up coming around to after a fact. Is uh, again they kill off Green Arrow early on, and then it's like, oh, we got to use the Lazarus Pit. We got to go on this whole side adventure to resurrect uh, Ollie, And I'm just like, well, isn't this kind of busy work? But they pay it off though with the Lucifer cameo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That Lucifer cameo was pretty damn good. Pretty that was, which again.
0: I bet you didn't think that we get the Lucifer cameo, we get the Birds of Prey cameo from a destroyed Earth, we get a Burt Ward cameo from his destroyed Earth, and then they also reference uh, what is it, the uh, DC Plus or yeah, DC Universe Titan show only to destroy their universe.
1: <laughs> I like that because it made so many people angry. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah, your world is exactly.
0: destroyed. <laughs> I could just see Matt being like, mm, yummy, yummy tears, num, 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 num. <laughs>
1: yeah no that was cool we got a reference to batman 89 as well at the start with robert roll reprising his character as nox from that film
0: yes in universe 89
1: yeah yeah i thought that was pretty cool but yeah yeah i i I wasn't too hot about that that lazarus pit thing mainly because of like the characters involved knew like know about the lazarus pit and sarah was like kind of like trying to convince me not to do it but she didn't do it she wasn't like trying hard enough i don't think where she should have been like no you can't use like these pits are fucking dangerous no don't we destroyed them for a reason
0: and it's like i guess yeah he's a paragon and they need him back too because of that but it's like they were already doing that before they knew about
1: the paragon thing yeah yeah and then and then in the end it's like he doesn't so want like, to come back although i i do suspect that he's going to come back as the specter
0: oh oh yeah the specter man that's a great scene in terms of continuity when the specter shows up and he's like hey john constantine i'm jim corrigan the specter no not the one you know <laughs> from your short-lived show i'm a different one
1: <laughs> yeah no i have a feeling that he's going to come back as the specter and he already, he's already kind of dressing like the specter anyway with like the hood's always up and like all it needs is like for him to just like have the spirit of vengeance like inhabit his body and he's and as well it's like the the uh, the specter is a big part of the crisis on infinite earth storyline as well
0: yeah it's also a nice kind of thing where it's like oh in the comics green arrow is best friends with green lantern uh hal jordan who became specter for a long time period Mm -hmm. of time we don't have a Hal Jordan in this show so yeah let's give it uh, let's give it to Ollie then
1: yeah yeah it kind of makes sense where his his story arc is going I would not be surprised that's the next time we see him as like the specter
0: that also means he can come and go from the show as he please and it's also a reason for him to get back into it in case like his hollywood aspirations or wherever he's going next doesn't work out
1: <laughs> yes and we know for a fact that they often don't work out as referenced by roy harper who's coming Ooh. back who's, or who's already back on arrow <laughs> and, and i think and kid flash uh, is I coming mean, I back hope it... after crisis as well <laughs> Oh, is
0: he? Well, yeah. I mean, that guy, it wasn't because he wanted to do other things. He was having genuinely, like, a lot of breakdowns in his real life. But uh, I, I hope it works well for Stephen Amell. He seems like a nice guy. I never really got into Arrow, but he seems pretty cool and everything but yeah like you said it doesn't always work out plenty of people get lots of uh, offers when you're headlining a big show but then as soon as you quit that show you see how quickly they all go away <laughs> well like
1: as well like he already kind of dipped his toe in it because remember he was uh oh fucking casey jones Ka- yeah casey jones in that fucking teenage Mutant Ninja turtles movie and it, it he didn't come back for the sequel <laughs>
0: no i i vaguely know about that but yeah more more power to him oh i guess the other thing we have to talk about because obviously it was the storyline that i was most invested in and probably the storyline that they uh dragged out the longest. well dragged out's the wrong word the storyline they've been dealing with the longest uh flash disappearing slash dying in the crisis
1: yeah and they did it in a way that was so obvious i never even thought about it (laughs)
0: I know, right? I totally agree. I felt so dumb watching that. And I was like, hey, that's stupid. And then I'm like, no, Joel, you're stupid because you (laughs) didn't think of it. The show is actually using very good comic book logic, and that is like, look, we said the Flash disappeared in the Crisis. We said Barry Allen disappeared in the Crisis. There's multiple Earths. We didn't say which one. You've met another uh, Barry Allen from another universe, who is the '90s TV show Barry Allen. They
1: even use a clip from his. Yeah, they use the clip from the the finale, the last episode of his show, which perfect payoff for that. Um, But yeah, like I thought that was that was brilliant using him. So like, kind of like. Gives him a send off. Gives gives his character so, from the, that ninety show a send off as well. Uh, yeah, it, it was really well done. Kind of, exactly like the comics. You know, he has to, he has to run on this thing to like stop the antimatter wave. And then you see at the end he, mm-hmm. he disintegrates, and you see like the, the flash. Not the flash ring. It's the flash like symbol.
0: Uh, don't don't worry though i'm sure if they ever need john wesley's ship he can come out of the speed force and punch someone in the face as yeah. need be well he
1: can come back. He he's still jay garrick like without his speed on uh, earth that's true whatever it was
0: that's uh that's going to be the next one crisis on infinite uh jays it's just all the john wesley <laughs> ship characters hanging out together
1: uh that'd be great <laughs>
0: lord knows there's plenty of the black lightning also got to make his debut here which you know is something people have been waiting on for a long time because it's like hey it's weird that you don't let this guy join in on all the other crises oh but he's on a different earth yeah but supergirl is too why what's what's your probably his show is clearly (laughs) popular and continuing why why particularly do you not want black lightning to come and hang out i I
1: know i know why (laughs) because the guy's acting is like leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else's like that dude was selling it on that especially once he learned like his family and his earth has been destroyed and that little conversation he has with with flash in the wave rider is like that dude is selling it
0: That's some heavy-duty shit, and also like, hey, man, you get to join the crisis, but we destroyed your Earth and killed all your supporting characters. But yeah, he really works it, and then later, when he gets that little conversation with Barry, and they talk about their fathers and everything, and how you know important they were in making them the men they were, I'm like, man this is some good shit why didn't he get to hang out in the other crossovers please mean that this will be the beginning of more crossovers or assumedly we're gonna fuse all the earths together and then we'll just all get to live together
1: yeah i also like his little moment uh with, like realizing that the superman were real because it's really funny because like the episodes i've seen um black lightning like jefferson is like a superman fan so yes, he's, he's like, like validated in, in knowing that superman actually exists <laughs>
0: Yes, that's really a really nice touch. Funny, funny too, about Black Lightning. I never got a chance to go back and watch them all, but hilariously, and this is going to make you all laugh, uh, my mom g- has really gotten into Netflix in the last little bit, and she sat down and watched, like, all of <laughs> black lightning is and is caught up and i know she was because she was texting me every so often she's like hey who's looker uh hey who's this character uh what is, is, is that a reference to something and i'm like yeah mom they're all references and she'd tell me these things and i'd be like really they're doing that really that character showed
1: up oh huh. well that's fun i kind of want to go back and watch the most recent black lightning episode because apparently it was like like slightly crisis tied in as in like the crisis was happening on their earth while like black lightning disappears and everything
0: hmm interesting yeah that sounds like something that i would probably enjoy that is one of the few ones that is on netflix so we can't actually go and check it out yeah but yeah so uh, what else can we say about christ i mean i guess we can move in and talk about the big finale and that is seemingly everyone dies everyone loses the anti-monitor wins but there's a bit of a twist to it.
1: Yeah, they the uh, the surviving the Paragons get taken to the Vanishing Point, which is from Legends, and it's like, and something from the actual comics as well.
0: I was not expecting a callback to Legends season one, but I'm glad that out of all, all of it, it was the Vanishing Point. Are we gonna
1: get more Rip Hunter and the Linear Men?
0: No, I hope not.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe Rip they Hunter might make him good this show. <laughs>
0: well actually they did because they brought him back as a director who didn't know he was rip hunter and that's that. true that was yeah. actually fun <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that that's really true bring
0: back that version <laughs>
1: um but yeah they yeah they, they they bring him all there and then lex luther does the most lex luther thing uh ever and oh, that no. he kills the, the last superman um mm-hmm. uh, and takes his place as a paragon
0: it's funny i saw him fucking with the book i'm like he stole a page he stole a page everyone look and then i forgot about it and then it happened at the end and i'm like oh shit Lex, <laughs> you surprised me i do like
1: that like you right, book that is-, is so easily rewritten they just like writes his name over the paragon symbol and it works yep yep, again, yep. But, but again, again it's like luther it. is like oh i can't believe that worked
0: <laughs> yeah and again it's like well how come only lex can make it work well because he's the most willful person in the world because he's the most assured of himself
1: yeah yeah (laughs) and
0: everything he can do and again if you're gonna have a cliffhanger that's a pretty fucking solid cliffhanger for the first
1: three that is that is i'm intrigued to see where it goes next like where can it go from here like everything is destroyed yeah everyone is dead everything is
0: destroyed everything's screwed up maybe we'll get to do a couple episodes like in the anti-monitors rebuilt universe because it's like okay, okay well what is his reasoning for rebuilding everything
1: well i know episode it might be the next episode that is or the episode after but apparently they dive into the uh the monitor's origins and find out where he comes from and everything mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's good to bring into the perpetua
0: yeah really will they go that far will they be so. like and his mom was prepared no i don't they do say that his name is mobius the anti and that's a fairly new thing so yeah,
1: yeah that's true and he and his design is more like his new design uh that we saw at the end yeah. of um uh jeff Jones's justice league run
0: yeah with his puffy monster face and his newer armor yeah man wouldn't it be some shit where it's like well who are we gonna go for help now what about the new gods who exist outside (laughs) time
1: and space hey well we still got like uh apparently cameos that they haven't even filmed yet to come that's nuts so yeah who who haven't they done yet uh wait in terms of cameos.
0: Yeah, who like who haven't they done yet? Cuz it feels like they've paid homage to like every um, DC TV thing.
1: I know I know Mark Guggenheim said there was people that they couldn't get like cuz of scheduling, so maybe this is like them getting them back. And it might be just like little mm. little one-off cameos. Um, but yeah, I, I know he, he did say that it's n- it's not going to happen. Although you never know cuz it's fucking nick cage but they contacted him to play superman from his oh. failed superman film i'm like oh, they That'd could be... happen i mean it's nick cage he'll do fucking anything for money
0: as we've seen where it's like look you do direct to dvd schlock naturally he'll want to do this
1: yeah and he's a superman fan so i could i could see him say yeah, maybe
0: i'm trying to think you know what other like failed uh projects could they like maybe try and uh get in there gotham i mean And i guess that's a fox thing so maybe they can't do gotham but i'm surprised they didn't try and do some gotham connection
1: yeah i i I just it was just one of the many earths that died um i know they've got they've got a tie-in comic coming out uh oh yeah that um kind of fills in the gaps of like where um uh like like flash and all that was during like the first episode and with what felicity is up to because they mention that sort of stuff in the show. They do, Um, they do. So that's gonna pay off. And I know like it has also to do with uh Tom Kavanaugh's prior who goes to like different earths and sees all these like supermen get killed and all that sort of stuff.
0: Uh the chat mentioned uh Michael Rosenbaum there, yeah, who they couldn't reach a thing with he's the first person (laughs) who's like, no, I wasn't gonna show up short notice without a script and just like you know just to be there and yeah. be paid scale
1: Make, makes sense krypton now, I don't, krypton couldn't happen because of scheduling they actually tried to get them all there but that couldn't happen because of scheduling gee I, uh, I, I don't know hey yeah there, what are there, some there's really probably one that's ones. like so so like obvious that we haven't thought of it
0: but also obscure because it's like god damn if fucking birds of prey can get referenced in there like the old tv show that anything can get referenced yeah
1: i know they tried to get alan richardson the guy who plays hawk on titans who is actually in this uh for a brief second they uh, tried to get him uh-huh. back as the smallville aquaman
0: but again, oh. again
1: scheduling i think with titans actually fucked that up
0: that's a shame uh maybe star girl will show up in here maybe we'll see her here first might, because actually, we now know officially
1: i think she might because yeah. I, I do remember hearing something that like she was gonna make her debut in crisis and then like her show was gonna i heard that because her show is coming to cw as well
0: we know that officially. Hey, sorry people who are paying money for the DC Universe app. Apparently all you get exclusive is Harley Quinn and even then not really cuz TBS is doing a special one night engagement and the first episode is free online. Yeah,
1: that, that uh, I find that so hilarious. It's like, "Oh, you can pay this for this app to get like exclusive originals which are mm-hmm. all on like Netflix or like uh, as as you said on TV or in this case you don't you should just like wait an extra day and it'll be on free-to-air tv
0: <laughs> i i really wonder how that star girl show is gonna go because i saw the trailer and i'm like well yeah this looks very much in line with everything they've been doing on cw i'm like but but it wasn't meant to be a cw show originally did they cut this trailer to make it look more cw Is the first season of this going to be like really expensive
1: compared to all the other shows or like what's the deal that's the thing i think it might be a bit expensive like in that first season because yeah it was made for the app uh, they got some. They got some pretty, like, decent casting. Like big names. Uh, uh, Joe Joel McHale is fucking, uh, Sylvester Pemberton. Fucking, yeah. Uh, Owen Wilson's brother. Fuck, what's his name? Luke. Luke. He's Luke he's Wilson, like so. he's um. Oh, who's his partner? Uh, uh Stripes, Stripes. Yeah, Stripes. And yeah, they they got some pretty big names. Which and- I-
0: which they've kind of recontextualized that relationship where it's like oh yeah i was your dad's sidekick too here's me as like a little junior hero as like a little bucky with a striped shirt and i'm like oh okay we're so we're not going rowing right to the big robot interesting
1: yeah well, the the robot is in the show though
0: interesting because that's the one everyone knows from the justice league cartoon
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the jeff john series where it's hey i'm courtney star girl and my stepdad is stripe stars and stripes
1: Yeah, it's, it, it looks interesting it looks pretty cool
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of story potential there you know i feel star girl is one of those things where it's like man dc you probably should have put more time and effort into this and you probably could have had another like you know very prominent female hero but as dc tends to do it bored now yeah yeah also we can't even get like a wonder woman series that doesn't get rebooted every so often so why would we do this passion (laughs) project of yours jeff johns named for your sister (laughs) so no we're not gonna even back then no jeff johns (laughs) (laughs) hey you know it, it should tell you what kind of Jeff Johns is because he ran the company for a little bit and his idea wasn't like okay so we need to do more stuff with Stargirl my original creation <laughs> yeah yeah so at least he ain't one of those guys but uh yeah I guess that's everything for Crisis. that's uh everything for this week uh, anything else you uh,
1: want to add Matt uh no not really Crisis was really good and looking forward to the last two episodes yeah. as a of- my man you know with uh with crisis on
0: earth acts 2 which is still probably my favorite this one might over overtake but who knows i really wish that they would like you know uh sell versions of these all edited together into like one big like theater length movie because i think that would do really well
1: i'm surprised they haven't done that eh? like yeah like put them put all the episodes together and just like um like make them look like like cinema Edible. quality sort of stuff and yeah, that'd that be really interesting for them to do, especially with something like this, this Christ of Infinite Earths. I'd love for them to do that or like air all the episodes as like one big block.
0: Yeah. Like if I could see this in a movie theater, I would go see this in a movie theater. Mm hmm. I I hope they don't get that idea though to be like all right pay us movie fees to come see this in a movie theater I'm like no 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 I've been getting the milk for free on television ain't gonna make me pay for the cow now CW <laughs> I I
1: would I would do it if I knew that money was gonna go back straight into the studio for them to make their next crossover
0: yeah or another musical episode I liked the musical yeah. episode Speaking of that
1: like what do you think their next crossover will be
0: yeah i mean like infinite crisis that's like the biggest one where do you go after that
1: i would like them to do something smaller and a bit more intimate something like uh something like an identity crisis but make it better Not than identity dark, crisis <laughs> make it more confident
0: <laughs> yeah please please do something a little bit better yeah yeah i think there's lots of places they could go for sure i mean dc isn't hurting for crisis stories Ah, they'll do the dark multiverse is what they'll do
1: yeah there's no way they're adapting final crisis to if you've read that like you'll know that that, there's no way that's getting fucking adapted
0: that's like damn near unadaptable but who knows (laughs) and then grant morrison himself comes down
1: (laughs) (laughs) and tells you to put these 3d glasses on while reading these superman pages because it's all in 3d put the fucking glasses on
0: everybody (laughs)
1: uh also
0: by that time too by the time they make another crisis they'll be a superman and lois show
1: yeah yeah again you can do so much you can do so much with all this
0: you really you really really can well alright then everyone I guess this is where we'll start winding down the show uh, again if you're watching this uh, on Wednesday at 8am eastern standard time when the show goes live stick around because you're getting another awesome new interview segment I sat down with Matthew Rosenberg it was a ton of fun uh, for everyone here on stream all like ah oh, there was about 30 of you at one point uh, thanks for coming out uh, thanks party pug uh, for the little donation there always appreciated especially in this Christmas season uh, you got anything else coming up Matt you want to talk about anything oh
1: I got part 2 of my Crisis of Infinite Earth video coming out sometime this week. I was hoping to get it done by now, but comic reviews just swamp me. Um I'm, I I might do I'm thinking of doing like cuz I've got my my Rise of Skywalker review coming out in a couple of days, and I'm thinking mm, of doing cuz the episode of Mandalorian also airs there. So I'll probably be doing mm. a Mandalorian live stream, but I also might tag on to the end of that like a Rise of Skywalker like live review or talk or something i don't know so keep an Ooh. eye out for that
0: i uh, i look forward to you seeing the movie before the rest of us and then trolling us all on twitter about <laughs> being like can you believe that luke came back and ate that baby's face can you believe <laughs> uh that the emperor uh was actually i don't fucking know lando in a mask <laughs> or something friendship
1: or the... all along <laughs> the,
0: the the real skywalker was the friends we made along the way <laughs> what it really is (laughs) and on that note everyone we're gonna bring the show to a close and with that i am going to throw over to myself in the past so with that everyone (laughs) -bye. bye bye and hello and welcome everyone to another comic multiverse interview segment it's the holiday season right now and my cup continues to run over with great guests you know him you love him uh if you watch the channel you know i'm a fan of him i'm really happy he's here with me today mr matthew rosenberg everybody hi everybody <laughs> thanks thank- for having me ah, thank you for making time to come and talk to me this yeah is, this is pleasure. always a very very pleasant surprise now uh I-, I guess we can start this interview at the beginning i suppose and uh, well i know the answer uh maybe other people don't what is your comic book writer origin story how did you start how did you get into the business etc etc
2: yeah. yeah um so I've been a comic fan my whole life. I I, uh, I I grew up stealing my brother's comics when I was a kid, and uh, I had a comic shop on my block. So I I sort of have have always yeah, that's the dream. I I really really wish that I still had a comic book store on my block. Tell
0: me it about would, it, man. I, I got to go two towns over to the local college town to get one. I'm mostly digital these days.
2: Oof, it's rough. Mm. Uh, I just take the subway to Times Square, but um, but yeah, I I. But comics for me was always really solitary. I, I didn't have a lot of friends who read comics, and I sort of, you know, I would go buy my comics and then read them by myself. And it was just sort of a a me thing, and it was very personal to me. And because of that, like I didn't know anyone who made comics. I didn't really talk to other people about comics. And, um, you know, I I when I became a grown up, I was I worked in the music business for a long time and. And yeah, I, 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 tore with bands and I ran a record label and I managed a record store and I did all sorts of dumb music business jobs. Um, and you know, I just hit a point, the music industry is really tough and really intense and, mm. uh, kind of depressing. And I just <laughs> hit a point where I was starting to hate music as a, just a concept right, right, and I didn't want to lose that. And so I, um, was trying to figure out like, well, what else can I do with my time? And I, uh, you know, what else can I do uh, for a living? And I was like, well, the only other thing I like as much as music is, is comics. And I guess I want to try and figure out how to make comics. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. And my buddy, Patrick Kinlan, uh, was in a band, is in bands. Um, and he was a big comic book nerd like me. And I was like, we should try and make comics together. And he was like, yes, I was thinking the same thing.
1: Like all great stories.
2: Yeah, sure. And we just teamed up and sort of like literally were are going out and reading like uh, websites on like how comics are made and like, uh, you know, like going and being like, how do you find an artist? And like, cause we had, so we just had never tried to do it. Um, we didn't, it was never one of those things. I, I know a lot of like my peers were sort of like, since I was 10, I've wanted to make comics, but that wasn't me. I just wanted to read them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, we set out and we, we spent a couple years doing pitches and self-publishing and doing a webcomic. And then uh, my big break, as it were, was I got uh, uh, someone put me in touch with members of the Wu-Tang Clan Ooh. and I ended up doing they ain't nothing uh, to fuck with. It's true. I I, I would not fuck with them. <laughs> We ended up doing. uh, I ended up doing a six-issue miniseries with Riza and Ghostface, and like a ton of good artists. And it was my first published work. Uh, It was at Black Mask, and that uh, did well enough at Black Mask that they didn't hate me and were willing to hear other pitches. And um, it got the attention of some folks at Marvel. And you know, I I think just because it had good art and there was like some mainstream media coverage of it. I
0: remember seeing it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so I uh, I got a book called We Can Never Go Home at Black Mask. That came out right after. Um, that was just my own story that I wanted to do. And uh, it was something that I was trying to do self-published, and it didn't quite work. And, uh, and from there, that, that book was kind of a hit. And some folks at Marvel really dug that, and they gave me a shot. And I I did a 10-page story in Secret Wars Journal. Yes, the much beloved title Secret Wars Journal, um, but I did a I did an X Men story. There's also a really good Hawkeye story in that issue. If you read Secret Wars Journal one,
0: I, I noticed Hawkeye's kind of a recurring theme in your career. You keep coming back to him.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I always like to be around Hawkeye. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites. So uh, and so understood. I, I, yeah, I, you know it's interesting because I think a lot of people, because Hawkeye has a bunch of different sort of takes and the sort of things. Mm. I think. I, I always like Hawkeye because I think of him as very sort of multifaceted and oh. very sort of complex in a very human way. Um, but I think people do misconstrue that and misunderstand that. But but to me, I you know I, I made a bunch of videos for comic shops this month where I, you know, I had to talk about the book for basically two hours, saying the same thing over and over into the camera. And it was kind of intense.
0: Well, and, those were awesome, by the way. I wish more people would do those. That is just so inventive and so, like, you know, bringing people in.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I hope it. I hope it brings people into shops. I stole it from Chip Zdarsky. Chip was doing it for Daredevil, and I, I texted him and was like, "I'm going to do that for Hawkeye," <laughs>
1: and he was like, "Oh,
2: it's really brutal." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> um, "But I did it," and and you end up saying crazy things because you're just talking about the same thing over and over and over and over into it into a webcam and so i started saying like well this is yeah well sure (laughs) uh i ended up saying you know like this is about clint barton the best avenger and all these people online were like why do you keep saying he's the best avenger (laughs) and I, i i said it as a joke but but the more i thought about it the more i i sort of like i kind of do think he's the best avenger like the fact
0: that he can hang with earth's mightiest heroes being mostly at the end of the day just a dude who trains really hard is pretty impressive yeah
2: Yeah, exactly i mean even you know i think he's really the the human he's really the best pov character into the marvel universe he's not a super soldier or a mutant or a guy in an armor or a, a god he's He's a dude who messed up in his past and makes mistakes and is super fallible, but like just wants to do the right thing. And he got really good at one thing. And he's like, I want to use that to help people and, totally. and make amends for my past. And I think I just find him super relatable and superhuman. And,
0: um, a you prominent know, he's deaf character, too, which I think uh, some people even forget when they write. It's like, oh, yeah, isn't he supposed to be deaf? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's just very, you know, like I think a lot of people can see themselves in Clint. Um, and it's, you know, I think that's really beautiful. And I, I know I see myself in him a lot and, uh, I, I know a lot of other writers do and a lot of fans do. And so, yeah, I mean, I do think he's, he's one of the great, great characters in the Marvel universe. He's one of my favorites for
0: sure. Definitely. And endearing, no doubt about that. Now I think, uh. What is it? I The first book I read from you, uh, which actually kind of coincided very interestingly with a major shift in my own career when I stopped working at Name Redacted, uh, which is a little joke we do here, and uh, started working solo. Uh, I read uh, your special Quake one shot, which was like for oh. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anniversary. I'm like, man, this is really solid. Who wrote this? Matthew Rosenberg. I will remember that name. And indeed I did. And I picked up like your next several things.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh yeah that I that was a really fun issue was me and and Daniel Warren Johnson and uh, my buddy Patrick co-wrote it um and it's uh yeah I love Quake I'm a big fan of um Secret War and uh you know everything Bendis did with her and Mm -hmm. um the TV show was blowing up at the time the TV show was blowing up at the time and and yeah, I think she's just one of those characters that like is is very underrated, and so I wanted a chance to sort of show her and be in you know what it's like to be the kid who a year ago was a you know a regular person, and and this year is like going toe to toe with with the with the villains and standing with the Avengers, and so that was sort of my pitch was just like, what's it like for Quake to be on a helicarrier going into battle? And
0: you uh, you definitely yeah. you definitely had a warm uh kind of positive take on the inhumans which at the time was kind of a rarity and that even spoke to me i'm like hey this guy actually sounds like he likes the inhumans isn't that I
2: nice do, I, I do like the inhumans i know that that's uh, as an x-men writer and now a former x-men writer that's like very controversial but i really do like the inhumans i think they're, i think there's a lot of good characters and a lot of inhumans to really love so i i, I love the yeah the royal family i think is great and i think they're just an interesting you know like a classic weird Marvel sci fi concept that's really fun and oh for sure. um, so yeah, I'm I'm a big in humans cheerleader for sure.
0: And uh, again, to Quake, yet another character you're actually going to be returning to. This is another thing that made me a fan of yours. There are these little continuity threads that tie together all your series, which is super rewarding if you read all of your books. And obviously, one of the things you got coming out, one of the many cool new things you got coming out in 2020, is you're going to be writing uh, the Special Force Works miniseries. Which, oh, look at all the characters on here: Nick Fury Jr. and Quake, and all these other ones that you've worked with before. Tell me, tell me a little about that. Did you? already know where it's like oh i get to do a new force works i know exactly what characters i'm picking for this
2: you, you know it's funny the um it ties into the iron man 2020 which is dan slot's big mm-hmm. iron man event and uh i've been a big fan of, i mean i'm a huge fan of dan's work but uh the the stuff he's doing in iron man and where he's taking it i i love i think dan Same. is one of one of the great um he just looks at a character and he finds out like these fundamental truths about them oh, yeah. that that everyone understands, but no one talks about. And he sort of pokes at those things in a great way. And I think Iron Man 2020 is really going to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, he walked, he walked through it and I, he walked me through it. And I was like, this is really cool and really fun. And, um, you know, I was thinking like, oh, I'd like to be involved in some way and, and, and help out if I can. And then Marvel was like, yeah, there's going to be some tie-ins and we're going to do a, a couple things. And they said Force Works, and I I just love the original Force Works a lot, and I was like, wait, we're doing a Force Works book, and they were, and everyone was confused that I was so excited, and I was like, I love that book, and they were like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, and everyone was really confused, and I was like, yeah, and then
0: not to totally show my age here, but I was first introduced to Force Works in the Iron Man cartoon show when like they redid it later on, and Force Works was like his running buddy team, and I'm like, oh yeah, those guys.
2: Yeah, yeah um no the the dan Emnett and andy lanning force works in the 90s that's scarlet witch and tony and u.s agent and um it's a fun it's a fun weird book uh, julia carpenter is on the team um century um the there's there's it's just a cool weird book but uh i was like yeah i would love to do force works and then uh, i think i think the first thing i said was just like i need u.s agent yes. and that's uh, you know, and that's not something that I think they expected to hear. And no,
0: I, U.S. Agent. I, I want to talk to you about that choosing him. U.S. Agent is existing in a very interesting little place in Marvel continuity right now, with what Nick Spencer did with him, and what now Tana nehisi Coates is doing. With I actually just read the newest Captain America yeah. issue before we started. I'm like, man, these are some different outside the box takes on this one. What's uh, what? What do you got planned for Johnny Walker? What's uh, your take on him? Um,
2: you know, it's it's I. I really love really love him I've always loved him I mean I sort of I I was a little little kid and I was going and buying back issues of uh the Mark Grudenwald Captain America where where he became Cap and um I just I just thought he was interesting because he is uh you know he's the he's this thing that's super familiar to us he's Captain America but but different with a different take and a sort of different ideology and um he's not really nice. He's not like a super nice dude. He's not trying to make friends. He's not trying to be a hero. And, and in some ways, like, uh, he's just like this mirror version of, of Cap, but he's, he's a superhero and, and, and he really believes and loves, you know, he loves the country and he, he loves, um, you know, sticking up for it and, and being the, you know, the sort of the, the symbol of America. Like he's very that in a very real way. And, and I think he's, I sort of love the this sort of like alternate Captain America idea. I've always been fascinated by him. And I think, yeah, he's he's uh, he's got this interesting history because he was like this kind of troubled character when he started. He was really problematic. and and in taking on the name Captain America, he realized that there's something bigger than him and and he has to be a better person for it. and he, and he and he became that person. But he also has this interesting burden, and I think Nick touches on it, Nick Spencer touches on it really well in his cap, and
1: it's one of the best modern
0: stories I think with him.
2: yeah, yeah, and i think I think the thing that I really liked, and I, I remember talking to Nick about this once, where I was just like I, I just love the idea that like he knows that he didn't he's the second you know like yeah, he's not yeah. America to people. he's not cap in the mind. he was the replacement cap, and um he's a real second tier hero and he's uh he's in 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 the pub in the marvel universe's mind he's the cheap knockoff and yeah. you know the fact of the matter is like you know at this point like he's not even the second and probably not the third most popular no guy.
0: no 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 there, there, uh, again i wrote something this uh, this video won't run till tomorrow but in talking about the new uh, ta coats when it's like man you know John Walker, his heart is always in the right place, even if his brain is very easily led, and he believes whatever anyone in authority tells him, and there's something truly fascinating about that. Yeah,
2: for sure, for sure, and he's, you know, he's he's this very he's He's sort sort of a tragic tragic figure in this way, and and he doesn't and he doesn't see it, like he doesn't quite get it, that he's you know, he's sort of angry that he's not the Captain America that, that everybody loves, and you know, I, I love that, like, you know, Bucky came in, and Sam came in, and they were Captain America, and he was like, why wasn't it me? Like, why, you know, like, he, he in his mind, he did it all right, and it just never clicked, and, and he was sort of shortchanged, and I think that's really beautiful, and, and I, I sort of think he, he could be a really sympathetic character in a lot of ways, and he's also a jerk, and I think that's a great... Uh, so sort of dichotomy. So, um, so yeah I, I, I he was the guy I really wanted in Force Works from Go and then um, I really wanted Roadie a lot
0: because uh, you uh, had written War Machine but you had written Frank Castle as War Machine so this is kind of a coming full circle <laughs> yeah
2: uh, you know when I wrote Punisher in the War Machine armor, I you know, I I, I made the distinction always. People would be like, Oh, you're writing war machine, and I'd be like, It's not War Machine. War Machine is the guy in this armor. This is the Punisher in someone else's armor. Like this is not, you know, Punisher picks up a shield, he he's not Captain America. When he picks up a a web shooter, he's not Spider Man it's a tool and, and he's using it and it's disrespectful to Rodi, and it's, and I wanted that to be clear always that it's like, this isn't cool. This isn't cool of him. This isn't like, he's not carrying on Rodi's legacy. He's stealing Rodi's yes. legacy. Um, and that's, you know, uh, Frank, that's what Frank does. Frank, Frank will use whatever means he can to get to the, you know, get to the end of his mission. And, um, in the back of my head, I was always like, well, when this ends, like I need to have Rodi take the suit back and that right. I knew, um, and we did that. Spoiler. And it was but, a great scene. Oh, thank you. Um, but then I also was like, someday I want to be able to put Rody back, you know, have Rody back in the armor and yeah. write him and pay tribute to him because I love Rody And the same. You know, I think Rody and, and I think they're an interesting pair to go him with US Agent because he sort of has the same thing that he was the, the second mm. Iron Man who was an Iron Man. I didn't like, even
0: think about that. That's quite clever.
2: Yeah, I think they're they're a good, like, you know, and, and whereas I think U.S. Agent is really kind of bitter about it in some ways. I, I don't think Rhodey is. I don't think no. Rhodey wants to be Iron Man. I think Rhodey is happy with who he is and what, what he's done. And, you know, he died and has some <laughs> some problems with that. But at the end of the day, like, Rhodey sort of carved his own place in the universe and U.S. Agent kind of didn't. And and so I wanted them to be together to sort of look that in the eye and then yeah, I just Mockingbird is a character I love, and she has a great history with U.S. Agent on West Coast Avengers, and mm-hmm. I wanted to play into that. And and Quake was just uh, I needed a four and a uh, fourth for the for the party, and Quake was just sort of a no-brainer because I I really like her, and and she fits with all them. There's sort of a there's a little bit of a shield angle to it. There's a little yes, bit of a yes. military angle, and she's she's uh, she fits right there. She's a uh, she's a shield weapon, so yeah. uh, I. I went for her and they was lucky to, to have her. And so that's, that's my force works. That's the, that's the active sort of, component of my forceworks team there are going to be other people you'll see but there i
0: I noticed on the promotional artwork that they showed there nick fury jr was there as well which kind of made me go oh interesting because he was more or less the main antagonist by the end of your punisher run. so i'm like "Ooh, are we gonna get to see a little bit more there kind of nick fury jr playing all sides being the master puppeteer and everything i wonder
2: yeah i mean nick is always someone who is uh yeah he's got his finger in every pie and he's he's got a he's got a lot of plates spinning so yeah i mean i think uh war machine and and nick have some stuff to discuss for sure uh u.s agent and uh and and nick maybe don't see eye to eye on everything and yeah i i think there's just a lot of interesting stuff there and there's there's some other folks that i think we're not showing yet but who are going to pop up i think people will
0: dig but, yeah, I think that's uh, very fascinating. Now, I would be remiss, too, if I didn't talk to you about two books you did that I absolutely love. They made, like, my best year-end uh, when they came out, and I've just been dying to pick your brain. In fact, uh, we actually met one time at Seattle Comic-Con when this book was coming out, and I shook your hand and said how much I loved it. That, of course, was your Kingpin miniseries. Thank you. Man, that was some good, good stuff. They're just so different from anything else on the shelf at that time what uh what was your thought process behind that one there because that was just that was just a really special one
2: oh thanks yeah i'm i'm really proud of kingpin i i love that book he's uh he's my favorite villain in the marvel u he's so layered. i think, yeah i think he's so fascinating i i you know i i said at the i i said i think when i was talking to marvel initially about it i said you know at, at the end of the day like this is a guy who he loves New York City. Um, he's he's really exceptional. He's powerful and he's smart and he's clever and he's resourceful. Um, he's really passionate about about the city and 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 what he thinks is the right thing to do and and how to get there. But he has no moral compass, so he he will do things that are self-serving and he'll hurt people to sort of work it out. And I said, but he's really just a few steps off from being a Spider-Man or being a hero. Like, he, there's a world where Kingpin is a good guy and, like, an important good guy in the Marvel Universe. Um, and that's sort of how I approach him, that it's like, well, he's he's in bed with awful people and he's doing awful things, but he just sees that as the means to an end and, and the end result is going to be, you know, good. Um, you know, I, I think an analogy I used is, you know, like, the Al Capone used to give out turkeys on yeah. things. And I was like Kingpin wants to be the guy who gives out turkeys but knows he has to be Al Capone to do it and that's um, you know that's sort of my take on it but yeah I, I just really wanted to do a book I the reason one of the things I love about Marvel and, and the universe is just the 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 total scale of, of of what it encompasses from you know insane cosmic God battles for reality mm-hmm. to like a guy who's just a gangster in New York and like those exist and, 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 and showing the connective tissue and the threads and hinting at them. So I, I, you know, I wanted to do a, a street level crime book about the Kingpin and, you know, him trying to become more legitimate and, and realize that he has a bad PR problem and he wants to, and he wants to, he wants to be respected and be seen as someone who could be respected and, um, what he'll do to get there and then you know you weave in the little the little nods to your daredevil and your other marvel Man. marvel universe characters and it's uh, you know I, I i i really love that kind of book at, at marvel i love the you know i i'm a huge fan of the big the big events and the big crazy you know your war of the realms and your absolute mm-hmm. and all those books and house of x and these big epic Things that shake the fabric of society, but I also, you know, I grew up in New York, and um, you know, there's that old Stanley quote that Marvel is the the world outside your outside window. Your window. And, yeah, and it, to me, it, it, like, I love the idea of you know, like you ride the subway and be like, well, who could be Matt Murdock on here? Who could be, who could be, you know, Peter Parker? Who could be Frank Castle? Who could be Natasha Romanoff? Like, those are that's how I grew up in this city. Was like
1: definitely.
2: Thinking of the world as a very real place. And so I love these street level type books and the books that show you a different facet of the universe. So I'm, I'm always trying to figure out how to do that in new ways. And um, You captured Kingpin. such a
0: great feeling of melancholy in that one, which I thought was really palpable and you don't get very much, but who the Kingpin is so... Perfectly suited for. There's a there's a panel I'm always talking about with people I work with who are in the uh, comic book YouTube press, whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty sure it's the end of the first issue where Kingpin gives that guy some money to shoo him off, and then you see it later, and that guy is dead. And it's like, oh did he just like overdose and that's how he died? Or did the Kingpin actually go and kill him? We don't know. It's left open ended. Is this like the idea that even when Wilson tries to do good in the universe, it has a negative ripple effect because that's just who he is. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, Thank you. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's a guy who's just been around pain and suffering so much that like the idea of where, how much of it comes from him and how much of it is built into the universe and how much of it is aimed at him intentionally is a blur. And I wanted to sort of catch that, that it's just like, well, he knows, you know, tragedy is, is imminent always. And, and, you know, you, you brace yourself and you sort of insulate yourself from it because the people you care about are going to die and the people are going to betray you and you're going to have to kill people and you're going to have to betray people because that's what, that's how the universe works and so yeah that was something we definitely wanted to kind of build into it and and throughout the story i mean he sort of uh uh, you know we we meet him through uh this reporter who's sort of down on our luck named sarah she's uh she's trying to figure out you know who he is between the legend and the man you know and that's terrifying and the man who's very kind to her and you know the a, a big thing in the book is sort of him trying to teach her that like you just have to look out for yourself and spend less time worrying about other people because like uh, only you can protect yourself from the tragedy that comes. And, and when you care about other people, it, it just courts heartbreak. And, um, and it's, you know, it's sort of a, uh, he's, he's doing, he's teach, trying to teach her this to protect her because he likes her. And, and that's
0: to her, just he, how he interacts. Like this is me being nice if you can believe it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And to her, he just seems cruel and heartless, but he's really knows that like once she's in his orbit, bad things are going to happen and she needs to learn to repair herself. And, and she finds it, you know, she finds it scary and cruel. And, and like to him, it's very off putting because this is him at his sort of kindest
0: it's uh, uh it's funny i remember i was reading that book right around the same time i started watching bojack horseman for the first time and there's all these like kind of funny little parallels between this because that's also about a person writing a book about this you know uh figure with a lot of demons and everything i'm like oh this is like the serious version of that and this is like the comedy version of that yeah yeah for sure uh
2: that's the first time i've had that comparison but i'll take it i uh, that's a very kind of you
0: yeah uh again to you know while we're on the subject of comedy obviously you know you do these serious books you know these more superhero stuff these like down and dirty uh, punisher style stories i really liked your astonishing x-men book because i thought that was hilarious that was like one of the funniest books i had read that year and i'm like man this has got almost like a secret six vibe to it of like you know heroes who you know their metaphorical stock has plummeted a little bit and what they're trying to do to get it back
2: yeah yeah um yeah, I mean, there's a sort of thread in, in you know, like, there's a uh, there's a thing I love in the X-Men, which is, like, they're really down-on-their-luck X-Men. Mm, uh, there's and always a lot some. Th- yeah, there's always some, and a lot of times it's sort of played for drama or played for heartbreak, but every once in a while there's these moments where it's sort of played for comedy, and I was like, I want to take some of the, like, down-on-their-luck X-Men, the um yeah i mean the x-men whose stock have plummeted as you said it's a very good way of putting yeah, it
0: you picked all the best ones dude. Y-
2: yeah i was I, I was really happy i mean there was a time when we were gonna have they were like oh put storm on the team and i was like no like <laughs> that, that, like i love storm dearly but like no storm has never not been cool and badass it's like true. Storm- Storm lost all her powers and got more cool and badass from she it is like
1: strangely
0: bulletproof now that you mention it, no matter what era she's in.
2: Yeah. Storm is Storm is the goddess, man. She's she's untouchable and I was like she she will throw off the whole book because everyone'll be everyone will be cooler just by being around Storm <laughs> and like sh- they'll just be like Storm fix this like and Please help so us. yeah, so we needed a real like uh, a real who's who of like different kind of screw-ups and and sort of down on their luck kind of hapless x-men and you know i was really lucky because there was sort of a a a sweet spot of of just characters that i like who were having bad times Mm -hmm. and and beast and colossus and dazzler and um we put banshee in there who was sort of kind of dead but not exactly dead so (laughs) that's kind of a bad time in its own different unique way
0: death is like a cold in the comics you'll get over it
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he wasn't technically, he's like kind of a zombie, so we just, you know, rode with that. I was like, he's not dead, but he's not, not dead, and I was like, well.
0: As a, as does- a fan, I loved seeing Banshee again, because I remember I complained for, like, years. Where I was like, yeah, and then Banshee, like, flew off into space after being a horseman, and we never saw him again.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's a little nod, there's a little reference to, like, you know, Beast is, is trying to cure him, but it's gonna, he says, like, oh, it's gonna take years. And then that's it. And then you never see him again. And I was like, wait, he's just like, like on ice or something. And so that's literally what I did. I was like, hey, yeah, Beast has him in a freezer. And wherever Beast goes, he like takes it with him. Yeah, it's so just, uh, like One of his projects. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's like, it's like when he moves, he's like, well, pack, pack the fridge with Banshee in it. And, um, and I thought that was funny. And I, I, I actually, that was sort of one of my favorite things in the book. And I think people didn't really think about it. Because I was like, well, he has a different job. He's teaching at, at Harvard. Uh, when the book starts he's not he's not at the school he's not in New York he's moved and I was like and he's moved with Banshee yeah. and like, that to me I, I like I made me laugh the whole time and I was like oh I think people are gonna think this is really funny and then no one really cared but I was like that to me made me laugh the whole time that I was <laughs> like you know he's gotta have moving men come and move the fridge and he's gotta be like be careful with that like he's my, gotta put
0: the fragile sticker on it
2: yeah it's like my my weird half-dead friend is in there <laughs> it's delicate You know, I thought that was super fun.
0: Yeah, you made the Reavers scary again. You know, obviously, villains who have existed in X-Men for a long time. But again, even their stock as villains has gone up and down over the years.
2: Sure, yeah. The Reavers, I thought, were a good foil for for my Astonishing X-Men because they are really terrifying, uh, fundamentally, but are kind of like a punchline and losers. And like... um, they they're they have a really good turn in in um in Charles Soule did a, a Wolverine thing with them where they're trying mm. to steal Wolverine's body and the X Men show up and sort of kick their asses and then they sure okay, do but yeah and they're handed over and it's sort of and I was like well where would they go and I was like I want to use them and I don't want to just be like they broke out of jail and then it's like oh they're being passed around by the government by shadowy parts of the government because mm. you know fascinating weapons and this is them like both down on their luck, but also they're really terrifying. Like they're freaky cyborg punk rock dudes. Like I, I just really like the Reavers and always sort of want to do
0: I, again, you had me at freaky cyber punk rockers, honestly.
2: Yeah. They're awesome. And, and, um, yeah. So the chance to do a a Reavers thing was something I wasn't going to, you know, pass up, especially with that X-Men team. I was like, yeah, I can just really throw these guys at each other and make it, crazy and horrible for everybody
0: Uh, again you know i I had a pitch i hope someone actually brings up the reavers again because it feels like in all these hickman books which i'm loving right now it feels like everyone has mastered reaver tech now to like suppress mutant abilities and psychic stuff like man i hope the reavers show up and be like hey you're ripping off all our stuff this is this is us we did this yeah yeah
2: i i yeah i I, i'm excited to see where the reavers appear and
0: because you know they have to, especially with all the books that are out right now. They can't not.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they will. They will rear their head soon, and I, I look forward to them because uh, they are some of the best. Definitely,
0: most definitely. Uh, all right, what else uh, do we have to talk about? Uh, we, we we talked about it a little. Uh, when we began, but we might as well uh, go full force into it. Obviously, uh, the big book that you came on here to promote—the book uh, that is the backdrop for our little podcast video here—of course, is Hawkeye Freefall coming out right now. Please tell us all about it. Give us, give us the pitch. Give us the story behind it. The story behind the story, if you will.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, so, Hawkeye Freefall. It's me and Otto Schmidt on art, who Peace. is yeah just so stunning i i love his stuff i loved when he was doing he was doing green arrow at dc and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful book like he's just a, a master um and it starts january 1st um and it's it's just a you know i did i did a book called tales of suspense a year and a half two years ago I remember. Um, it, yeah and it was hawkeye and and bucky teamed up and I, I just had a lot of fun with it, and I think uh, folks at Marvel really dug it, and a, a lot of fans were very cool. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the biggest book in the world, but it was something that people were pretty passionate about. And I,
0: I do have to keep reminding people about what happened with Black Widow. I'm like, see, you need to go read Rosenberg's book, so you're up to date and know what's going on. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah,
2: it's uh you know, I, I uh, the, yeah, it was yeah. a weird, it was, it was a weird a little book to to bring a character back in, but. Um, now she's back and everybody's happy because that's mm-hmm. the best but the you know the the Marvel pays attention when, when there are people really passionate about something and they, they listen to that stuff um, and so people really didn't seem to enjoy my writing Clint and, and you know they, they came to me and said you know would you have any interest in doing that and uh, like I said he's, he's one of my absolute favorite characters and I said yes I would love to but um, I pitched a thing to along and my editor and She was very into it and the company was very into it and then Punisher got extended and Mm. I I took over on candy X-Men and sort of my time filled up and it was a book that I really wanted to devote like a lot of sort of attention to and really work really hard on and uh, so you know I kind of had to put it on the back burner because I was like I just can't give it as much as I want and now I'm I'm out of X-Men and I'm wrapped on the Punisher and uh, you know, Marvel was kind enough to hold Hawkeye for me, and so we, we just dove back in and you know enlisted Otto, which we're so lucky to have. And
1: so yeah, January
2: first, it's it's Clint Barton again. It's not it's not Kate. I love Kate, but uh, you know the last the last few things have been very Kate focused. So I, I wanted to put Clint back in the spotlight for a little bit, and um, you know I I uh, I wanted to do a classic Hawkeye kind of story drag him a little more back plan his feet a little more firmly in the marvel universe and uh
1: yeah so it's
2: it's clint doing superhero stuff but but in a very clint way uh he's He's sort sort of rushing in um the hood is is our our main antagonist and Mm. um another
0: wonderfully underutilized bad guy in the marvel pantheon
2: Yes, yes, I love the Hood so much, and and I think he's a great foil for Clint, just because.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of parallels I'm thinking of already between the two of them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're
2: both, uh, you know, guys who who are—they're not must—you know, Clint, Clint. was a villain, and and in the same way, the Hood is a villain. Like, they're not mustache-twirling evil bad guys. They're guys who didn't have anyone looking out for them and had a tough time and made some made some tough choices. We're and,
0: doing this to feed ourselves, bad guys.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, Clint was lucky enough to have Cap and the Avengers sort of come in and be like, you, you can turn this around and you can be a good guy and you can help people. And, and the Hood didn't have that. Ooh. And so having the two of them face off is, is really fun because I think they, they look at each other as sort of... Uh,
0: there but for the grace go I.
2: Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's uh, they're, they're sort of a fun house mirror versions of each other. And, and both of them sort of resent it um, a little bit. And both of them, it, they, the other one kind of gets under, they get under each other's skin in a very personal way. Um, We're both
0: but, very good at one thing, you at archery, me at magic.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and so it's, it's very, uh, it's very personal And and Clint, you know, the hood is a little bit out of Clint's weight class. He's a little bit of a a bigger fish than than mm. Hawkeye Solo is used to taking on. Um, he's, he's got a little bit of an empire now, and he's he's pretty good at the magics, which Arrow is not uh, not perfect against him. Uh, so Hawkeye goes toe-to-toe with the Hood and sort of comes out on the losing end of it, and it just gets under his skin in a very real way. And he decides that he's going to do everything he can to make the Hood's life miserable. <laughs> and, nice. and so that's what it is. It's his weird obsession with with Hurting the Hood and, and cause it's a Hawkeye book, you know, you meet his girlfriend and his friends and they're all a little worried about him and being like, are you obsessed with this stuff more <laughs> than it could be?
0: It sounds very Bugs Bunny. It's like, I am now going to ruin your life for the remainder of this short now.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very, um, I think the original pitch I pitched under, uh, I wanted to call it Hawkeye. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Because it's it's, uh, it's Clint taking a joke too far, which I think is very Clint to just be like, oh, I'm doing, I'm messing with him. And, and then it's like, okay, make sure you don't piss him off too much. He's very dangerous. And then it's like, oh, now people are getting hurt. And like, he's Clint, so he's stubborn. and He doesn't, he gets into a situation because he knows he can fight his way out of it. And then he doesn't have a choice but to fight his way out of it. And it's really rough. But in the book, we also have a, another element um, which is a little more mysterious but there's a new ronin mm. and uh
0: another character whose stock is on the rise at the moment
2: sure and uh you know it's it's a uh, Clint used to be ronin he's the first ronin um and there's a new ronin who's a little more violent and a little more dangerous and he's kind of stealing things and hurting people and mm. uh, and everyone sees Clint kind of going too far with the hood and is kind of like, is this related to you?
0: And <laughs> is this a split personality thing? This is comics that happens all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and Clint is kind of like, doesn't want the attention because he's already doing a stupid thing. So he doesn't right, want right. the attention that the Ronin, uh new Ronin is bringing. So Ronin is sort of a, a, this frustration from his past as he's trying to figure out who it is and, and stop them. And, uh, you know it's, uh, you know the book is funny and there's a lot of, there's a lot of jokes, but there's a lot of like sort of the more serious like examinations of Clint that, that I think are are, are warranted and uh, there's a lot of good action and we have a ton of guest stars because I, I think that a Hawkeye book should have a lot of people sort of coming and okay. dealing with him and getting sick of him. So
0: are, are we going to be seeing any more extended members of the Barton family because he has quite the family, doesn't he?
2: Uh, there are not any other Bartons that I can uh, I can talk about. People keep thinking Barney's going to show up for sure. And uh, uh, I, I said, I said online. Someone was like, "Where's Barney?" And I was like, "Barney's on an island. Like Barney
0: is—he made good, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Barney. Barney got money and uh, settled down on an island. And like, why would he come back?
0: Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure you couldn't tell me either way. But you know what I mean. The extended Barton family. You know, there's also old Swordmaster too, who's always hanging out in the background.
2: Sure. Um, There is no Swordmaster in this. Um, but I do love Swordmaster. Uh, Because his
0: name is Swordmaster. How can you not love that? Sure, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I uh, know Swordmaster now, but I I do, uh...
0: Well, that's for the sequel, Free Fall 2, Fall Harder.
2: There you go, yeah. (laughs) Um... So yeah, I, I'm really excited about the book, and I I, I hope people check it out. I think uh, even if I, even if you find me or my work super annoying, it's worth buying just for Otto's art because it's so beautiful. But um, I mean, I if also, I
0: wasn't already sold, I'm sold now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I also don't know if you find me super annoying. Why you'd still be watching this? <sighs> video. So J- J- I'm tr- trust
0: me, those people clicked off a long time ago. We yeah. can just say whatever the hell we want.
2: <laughs> All right, there you go. So yeah, uh, January first is the first issue of Hawkeye Free Fall. I'm really proud of it and I think it's uh you know, we tried to do something that feels a little different than than a lot of the other Marvel books right now. I think Marvel's doing awesome work and I think there are so Definitely. many books that I, I really, really am in love with. Um but we tried to fill a you know try to scratch an itch that I think other books weren't really scratching, if that makes sense. And so mm. it, it, I think it, it's sort of hard to put a finger on, but I think it, when people pick it up, they'll see that we're, we're kind of trying to do something a little different while still doing a superhero book. And, Certainly. Um, I hope people dig it.
0: You know, that's actually a good topic in and of itself right now. You mentioned how Marvel's firing on basically all cylinders, these days uh what what's out there right now that you're personally really enjoying and that you're reading i know as someone who does this profession i read like 20 books a week and it's only getting worse because they're scrunching them all into the holiday season but i always love to ask you know uh from the writers and the people who work there what uh, what gets you excited
2: um well you know i'm reading a lot of stuff for for research always so i've actually been reading the mark grunwald captain america rereading that That's good so stuff, I, I love isn't it yeah it's so good and, I,
0: and like super topical to the time, but also like really holds up
2: yeah yeah it it's so like it's fun in a way that so few comics are, but also is like very intensely political and like sort of you know, I remember reading it as a real little kid, and like a lot of it going over my head, but Sick. like you know right winger and left winger showing up and uh. and Warner and like you know the idea of the the you know the the commodification of captain america and and like the value of symbolism and w- what the what the nation stands for versus what it what it does and yeah there's a lot of really 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 great stuff in there that i, I really love and it's very smart and
0: you can uh, tell grunwald just loved the character because he was on it in one form or another for so long
2: oh yeah for sure and he just he just does such a good cap and you know he he takes cap out of the suit and puts him in another thing and then it's like oh he has a new cap and it's u.s agent and it's great uh it's still great and then you go and meet up with cap and he's with d-man and it's, mm. it's awesome. so i'm reading all those again just to like dip my toe back in some stuff to prep for force works but um one of that i love i mean uh all the x books have been awesome
0: they really have been like that's just like such a once in a lifetime like hey here's x-men they're all good
2: yeah they're all good I, I i really loved all of them um i'm very excited for for ed brisson's stuff on new mutants uh mm. ed ed those young mutants he has such a good grasp on them and
0: now they're canadian-y yeah yeah he's
2: very canadian <laughs> um, and uh Immortal hulk's been awesome oh i know right yeah just, so good. just
0: just Tell- the, the genres that that book bends sure yeah it's just purely insane like i think someone in my comment section said you know this is to this generation what swamp thing was under Moore. i'm like that's a very fair comparison yeah i think that's
2: super right like you know you you get it like uh, i i think there's something to like the the british writers who grew up on on like the 2000 ad stuff where like they're they're reading these sprawling epic stories that go on for all the time but they're reading them in five ten page bursts and they're um you know they're just condensing them into like these huge ideas into these bite-sized portions and then like dispatching them just as quickly i I think like you know that al ewing is is as good at that as anyone in writing comics right now he's He's, at
0: the height of his power
2: yeah he's just he's just so good and and all that and um what else have i been liking uh you mentioned sandarsky earlier have you been reading daredevil of course, yeah. Chip's Daredevil's brilliant. That uh, book
0: is so good, I almost shake with anger every time I'm done. Like I will never make anything as good as that. Yeah, for
2: sure. For sure. <laughs> I remember when Chip, uh, when Chip got Daredevil, he walked us through the story, and I was sitting, and it was, uh, it was Ed Brisson on my left and Donnie Cates on my right, and the three of us were sitting there and Chip, like sitting across from Chip, and he's walking us through Daredevil. And I think all three of us, like, are huge Daredevil fans. And, you know, when Daredevil's one of those books that when someone gets it, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm a little jealous. Like, I, I, uh, you know, I'm happy. I I love Chip dearly. I think he's one of the the great people in the world. But I I was also just like, oh, all of us want a Daredevil. And I just remember uh, Chip halfway through it and just being like, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) And then Donnie just leaned over and whispered in my ear, and he was like, chip's gonna win an eisner <laughs> oh, i
0: mean yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. where we're at with it and i mean it's got to be a lot of pressure too taking on a book like daredevil like you said everyone wants it but it's like okay be as good as miller and bendis and all these other writers that came before and wrote these immortal runs you know yeah. a character who hasn't had a bad run in like almost three decades now <laughs> yeah
2: i mean daredevil's a prestige book it's really a uh... A book where people like show show what they're worth, and and Chip is definitely you know, uh, Chip is worth a lot, and he showed it very clearly there. It's it it's a it's been awesome, yeah. I don't know, I'm I'm loving it on the books. I love what Donnie's doing in Venom, and
1: definitely.
2: Um,
0: I was not much of a Venom fan actually until Donnie started writing. I'm like, okay, I see what all the buzz is about now.
2: Sure, yeah. Donnie's Donny's like Donnie was born to write that book, and I'm gonna be heartbroken if he ever leaves it. Um, but yeah it's it's all that stuff's been awesome I'm trying to think what else I've been reading that I really liked um, the, New James, the New James Bond was great um, Crowded is a book that I always love um, I keep
0: hearing that sadly because I live and breathe so much of the superhero stuff I don't get to read as many indies but all my indie friends like you gotta read Crowded read Crowded now Crowded is great,
2: Crowded is great. you should definitely pick it up um, it's it's a, you know just such a smart book and like just fun in a way that like you you forget sometimes how fun a comic can be and Crowded does a really good job where you're just like smiling every page Um, Olympia from Image has been really good I don't know there's a lot the new Space Riders obviously like Space Riders is one of my favorite comics that's you know a huge huge book that I love always so that book coming back was big for me you
0: you mentioned James Bond there what would you think of the new trailer Uh, I don't watch trailers so I didn't see it oh don't you now
2: no i I, I, uh, I i'm I will see the movie opening day I'm sure but I, I'm not I, re- I
0: respect your strength and fortitude sir to Thank not be suckered in by
1: trailers
2: I'm the super weird dude who waits in the lobby eating my popcorn until the trailers stop and I hear the like singing Coke can and then I come in and sit down and move
1: I
0: mean, that's probably the way we should all be doing it. Again, I'm a weirdo. One of my favorite movies of all time is Death to Smoochie, and I will yell to anyone who will listen, the marketing ruined this movie for everyone. They would love it more if they saw it as the dark drama it was supposed to be and not the weird comedy they sold it as. That's fair. That's
2: fair. Death to Smoochie, I haven't watched Death to Smoochie in a long time.
0: Uh, it's, it's it's if you take nothing else away from this, buy Hawkeye Freefall and then do yourself a favor and see Death to Smoochie is what you need to do. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Make it make it a weird double feature, everyone listening. <laughs> it's a weird
2: double feature for sure. Uh.
0: <laughs> thematically, they won't connect at all, but you'll have a great time.
2: Or maybe they do. Maybe they do. You don't
0: know. That's that's my next video essay there. How Hawkeye Freefall and Death to Smoochie are thematically created or I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, uh. Sh- uh, what else was i going to say uh yeah a- any other new projects coming down the pipeline anything you can talk about i know the new year is starting there's a lot of buzz about uh, incoming coming soon oh uh, yeah i wrote
2: uh i wrote Ooh. some of incoming um i wrote uh four pages of incoming um I can't. I don't, I don't think, think I'm allowed, allowed to, to say, say what they, they are.
0: They're being very secretive about it. This is maybe the most secretive Marvel has been about an event for a very long
2: time. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't know, know I was, I was allowed, allowed to talk about that, that I was in it until like, until, like people, until people asked, asked me about it. it, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I'm in it." Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I wrote four pages uh, that I'm super proud of. That is two characters that I really love. Uh, Char- characters
0: you've written before or is this a first time thing? Uh, there are two, two
2: characters, characters that I've written before Ooh, okay. um, and they're interacting um, and it's, it, it was really fun to write it's a weird little thing uh, in Incoming but I think uh, uh, I don't know what I'm to say if you've been reading Annihilation and mm-hmm. you liked Annihilation at all uh, maybe pick mm-hmm. up Incoming uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you should pick, pick up *Incoming*, incoming even, even if you haven't been reading *Annihilation* or
0: read it and didn't like it. it
2: but um, it, it is, in, in some, some ways, ways connected, connected to *Annihilation*. So
0: interesting. Yeah, well, that's so all I can like. think. I, I bought my copies of *Annihilation*, but haven't had a chance to actually read it yet because of the Christmas rush. I'm going to do a big video on it once it's all done. Uh, well, thanks, thanks for bringing that up. up. I hope, I hope you, you like, it. like it. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I, what's it like again? Because as I mentioned before, you've done uh, the Punisher stuff. You've done the more street-level stuff. Uh, Annihilation was, you know, is was it your first chance to play around in Marvel Cosmic, or did you get a chance to do that before? <laughs>
2: No, no uh, you know, I've done... The, the only other cosmic, cosmic thing, thing I did was I did a Rocket Raccoon book, but he never leaves nice. Earth.
0: That's where, That was for the Grounded saga. Grounded, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, he, he never leaves Earth. So it's a cosmic book in only what office I reported to, because in reality it's like, well, it's, he takes the subway and he rides the Staten Island Ferry in that book. So, um, yeah, it's really my first dip in the cosmic. Um, I, I love the cosmic stuff, but... Mm-hmm. My brain sometimes when it gets super crazy, like the Jim Starlin stuff, like
0: there's a lot to handle in that. There's a lot to
2: handle, and your brain just has to be a, a certain level of flexibility that I think mine isn't. And I, I love reading it, but I, if I tried yeah, to make that stuff, I really couldn't. Yeah,
0: a lot of those guys were on a completely different wavelength than most yeah. of us. Yeah, for
2: sure. And uh, you know, I talked to I talked to Donnie about this a lot because Donnie um where where i i were like i think the x-men shaped a lot of the things i love like the starlin stuff shaped a lot of uh, served the same purpose in donnie's life so we talk about that a lot of like he's like i can't i I can't wrap my head around some of the x-men stuff i'm like i can't wrap my head around some of the like uh the starlin space stuff like it's Mm -hmm. just so crazy and um but but i love the original annihilation it's one of my favorite books uh ever at Marvel because it's a war story and it's yeah. it's you understand the stakes and the scale of it and it's just epic and huge. So I, I really was honored when they asked me to do this because it was something that I love and getting can do something I love, but also like something that I understood mm. <laughs> and I could do this. I feel like I could do this. And um you know I got to work with uh Dan abnett and Christoph Cage who worked on the original Annihilation books. That must and- have
0: been pretty sweet
2: yeah that's awesome i'm i'm huge fans of both of them so that was that was a big deal for me and and my buddy mike Morisi, who is writing a lot of the best indie comics right now wasted space and the plot and i love his stuff and he came in to to do uh the beta Red bill issue that came out this week and just killed it it's so good but yeah it, it's been awesome and sort of uh i just you know, I, I love Nova a lot. I think Nova is a great character, in, uh, in a lot, of, in a lot of the same ways that Hawkeye is. He's a very relatable, very human kind mm-hmm. of character. Um, he, if you trace like Nova's history, he, he more than almost any other character in the Marvel universe, has just been one sort of string of bad luck after the other. He's, oh, I know. Like, yeah, he just really gets.
0: He's basically Charlie Brown, but with a space helmet.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just gets kicked around a lot. And, and it's like, well, you're like, well, Peter Parker has it pretty rough. And it's like, yeah, but Peter Parker at least gets, you He's know. He's
0: evergreen, and you know there will never not be a Spider-Man book. There wasn't Nova books for huge chunks of time.
2: Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, he just shows up and just, like, gets his ass kicked and then disappears for a while. And I was like, well, I really want to, like, explore that and what it's like to be Nova and, 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 and Rich Rider and just the heartbreak that is rich rider of like, you know, you're plucked out of high school to go save the universe. And then you build an army to help you and they're all killed. And you come back to earth and you make friends and then you have to go to space to save space and your friends on earth are killed. And so you come back to earth and your friends in space are killed. And then you end up like in this giant space war and you, you know, like you end up trapped in a basically hell for, and, and like,
0: you know, a, a whole generation of kids thinks that uh, Sam Alexander is Nova and that's the only Nova they've ever known.
2: Exactly, exactly. I you know I said I said this to someone the other day. I was like Nova's fascinating because he was trapped in the Cancerverse and he sacrificed himself to to save Star-Lord. He got Star-Lord out of the Cancerverse and he stayed behind. And no one ever came back for him. No. And there's I think there's any other character in the Marvel universe that you could trap in another dimension
1: forget
2: about, yeah. and just be like yeah they didn't come like the Guardians never showed up like the Fantastic Four never came and and like uh, what does that say about him and what does that do to him psychologically is something that I, I really was sort of fascinated by so I made sure that he's sort of the focal point of a lot of the Annihilation thing. so that was really exciting to write him and and I hope people uh Nova fans seem to really dig the Nova one shot and um i I think think
0: nova fans are just happy to be fed in general
2: for sure for sure (laughs) and i think i think when the last issue comes out i i can't say whether rich is in it or not but uh i i hope people dig it
0: that's cool well you know we've been talking for almost an hour right now and i really appreciate you making time to come and do the show i think uh I, i think we covered all the topics right there was nothing else you wanted to talk about nothing else you had to promote no,
2: no, I think that's about it.
0: Well, again, I'll thank you so much for coming and joining us today, Matthew. This has been great. Uh, social media, anywhere where people uh, can follow you, you want to tell them to do that now? You tell them to do it, and then they do it sometimes. Okay, yeah.
2: I mean, I have a Twitter. Uh, it's Ashcan Press, AshcanPress, A-S-H-C-A-N-P-R-E-S-S. Um, I have the same thing for Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr, but I don't ever use those, so mm. feel free to follow me on there. But It's I- hard
0: to keep up with all the apps, I agree.
2: Yeah, I'd rather just focus on one and let that be an awful intrusion in my life i know at
0: least do one really i'm the one guy who's never picked up on reddit i'm the one youtuber who doesn't have a subreddit (laughs) there
2: you go yeah it's it's yeah it's hard there's too much and you know i have to work a lot and i feel you man i can't let them all intrude in my life so i was just like well i I could just give a lot i i want to like if people reach out to me i want to be able to like respond and talk to them and if people have questions so i was like well if i'm on five things i'm gonna be able to give one-fifth of the attention so i just sort of put all my eggs in the twitter basket for better or worse probably worse but that's where you can find me
0: there you go so go follow him again thank you uh be sure to mention down in the comment section below what to, what's your favorite matthew rosenberg book uh what's uh he doing that's got you really excited hey be sure to buy hawkeye Freefall when it comes out when's that again <laughs>
2: it's january 1st january 1st and, and it's it's super beautiful so
0: ring ring bye. in the new year with some hawkeye everybody and with that i've been cave Joel. this has been the comic multiverse and we will see you again uh not next week with a podcast we'll be doing a commentary for shazam because it's a christmas movie so you can see us doing that and then we'll figure out new year's christmas everything falls on a wednesday this year and it's a nightmare but that's that, that, that's my first world youtuber probably not to put that on you matthew so we'll all see you again next time everyone bye bye